Salute to you, the Bronx Jedi. I know, I know, because you represent the Bronx. I know you, the, the pinstripes with uh, harsh endings the other night. You know, we, we, we lay that season to rest, but we begin a new season with these New York Knicks. You see them in the background. Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, proud, got that orange and blue. New York across their chest, and we love it. We're here for it. We had to discuss the first preseason game. How you doing, Bronx? How you doing? Uh, oh man, I'm doing well. But first, I want to give a first a disclaimer. I want to thank Nick's Real Talk. We're still part of the program. We're just doing a small little cap on our on our network. You know, we're still working hand in hand. Salute to my main man, Divine uh, CT. The streets are buzzing. They're grinding. They're doing a lot of things together, collaborative. And I'll be part of the program a little later on. Um, once the season starts, and, and you know, I send the string yard. Hopefully, we have the six man off the bench. We'll see who's going to be our six man tonight. 
you know, I sent some invitations out for a six man. It could be stay tuned to see who who come who coach coach Jedi brings off the bench as our six man as our guest. So we shall see there and stay tuned with that. So we salute you. Salute to all the Nick content creators. Now, oh baby, the season's here. I am pumped. I am stoked. The mess of all, a little bit sad when my New York Yankees went down, but I want to thank everyone who supported the, the channel with through the Yankees and through the MMA program. Chef Dan, I know you got something coming up huge in the combat sport along with Austin and myself. We also got Tyson Fury, Wild uh, Tyson Wilder coming up. I, uh, you know, it's going to be phenomenal. And but let's get with the minutia. Let's go. Let's go right to it to the to the rice and beans and the delicious part of, of this. You know, last night the New York Knicks they played their first preseason game. And tell us about it, man. I'll let you go. Go get the reins and run with it. Um, everyone has had a, a, a multitude of opinions about you know how the players perform, but if you watched um, the first five minutes of that game, you clearly saw that Tom Thibodeau wanted to send a message not only to Rick Carlisle and the Pacers, I believe, but it was just to the Knicks in general. It's like, hey, everyone, we have new weapons and we're going to have way more fun this year. And that's exactly the way they played. It It was with pace and space, moving up and down the court. And in a way, we we thought that the defense, it, it, it's going to, um, it, it naturally is going to fall off because some of the, uh, you know, the athletes that we had are no longer here in a Reggie Bullock, someone who has that wingspan and that height to take care of certain defenders. But, you know, the, the concept of team defense is always going to be instilled in a Tom Thibodeau team. And as long as everyone plays according to team defense, they're always going to give themselves a fighting chance. So that that part of the team is has been there. It, it showed itself throughout the preseason game consistently. Though it was just a preseason game against a very young Pacers team who has a new head coach in Rick Carlisle, I I just feel like you know the Knicks were they were they were they were just so free and loose. It was to a point where when at at, at a point in, you know in uh in the third or fourth quarter when the uh, when Mike Breen and Clyde let me know that. Julius Randle had hit 20 points, it really didn't feel like he had hit his 20 points. You know, it was a different effect in a way that you see that everyone could get theirs in a multitude of ways. And so with that, you know, with that being said, when you saw that uh, that being played out, you had it that, you know, Julius Randle didn't have to have a direct thumbprint on the game everyone could just play to their own strengths could get their own and whenever julius needed to contribute he just add in what he could get and it was a beautiful sight to see right right i want to salute kw event and may the knicks be with you you know that's his, you know sports jedi that's a good reference salute to you my man uh salute salute uh kw events right probably you know, now joined the knicks real talk part of our family as well and, and tt family now welcome to the jedi family you always were here with us so absolutely salute to kw uh definitely my man if i get your information i'll send you the link if you want to come on and part of be a six man if you're not too occupied or busy but we appreciate it um you know i have a close it's a close panel it's by personal invitation on the chat only for now you know because we want to keep it very short sweet because we don't want to take away too much of the time away from nick's real talk as well we you know they even though there's plenty of content to share but i, I you know it's not it's not about being greedy it's about the love and respect we have for us at each contact creator I know Divine, 
a lot of respect and we want to make sure that his platform grows as well and, and we just want to do a little talk because everyone last night on the yankee broadcast wants us to do nicks so we do a little bit of nicks but not overstepping our boundaries and knowing you know in hand to hand to help one another grow as nick content creators so with that said as you can see the ticker on the bottom bro seven players in double figures phenomenal phenomenal it was it was absolutely and if we could go through the list of each player i could tell you how they how they got theirs and in what way you know wh which quarter we really saw them predominantly affect the game uh starting off with randall I think we saw him come on uh, really during the third and the fourth quarter. Randall has always let us know that coming off of long extended breaks, his first game is always going to be a dud and that he's not going to have the best activity. He had a few defensive slip ups here and there, but uh, through and through, they, you know, he, he just had a solid performance. He didn't really spend a lot of time on the ball. This was the best we've seen Randall playing off the ball, especially when they when they attack the zone. Uh, you know, we saw uh, last year that RJ became the man that was predominantly attacking the middle of the zone. But this year, having Kemba and Fournier on the, uh, you know, on, on top of the wings right there, you can have Randall attack the middle of that zone because he is a great off the ball cutter. We saw him, you know, have a cut off the ball where, I believe it was either Kemba or Fournier on top of the uh, right hand, and Taz was trying to point it out that Randall's free in the middle of the uh, free uh, right there near the uh, uh, free throw line. You know, he, he, Taj gets the ball. Randall cuts right to the rim. He passes it to Randall. Randall gets an excellent dunk. I see. We'll. I think we'll see multiple ways. You know, multiple ways of Randall being used off the ball, being a cutter, and that's just going to help in Randall's production. So. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it, it's going to be fun and exciting. We're not going to see Randall on the ball like that. We're not going to see all the step back, the magical step back threes that he had in, you know, in the plethora that he had him. The, the, you know, the mid range is still there. Whenever he couldn't get a three to drop, he went straight to the mid range, and that was still money for him. So that's not a fluke at all. I, I definitely see the mid range coming through for this year for him. Right. You know, I know people are going to say, oh. But he played 30 minutes. You know what? They got to There's only four preseason games. Only four preseason games. Before there was before, if I'm mistaken, was six to seven, or you know, it was a lot of play. And they got to get in shape immediately, especially a Tom Thibodeau run on a team. You got to be in shape, uh, and and that goes back to the day of 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 uh, Pat Rally. You got to come in shape in camp. You you got to run. You got to do cardio. You know, suicides and so, and so forth. And that's that uh, that winning atmosphere. We like to say culture, but I like to say atmosphere. That winning atmosphere set the tone of being in well conditioned. So the fact that he played 30 minutes, it's the first one. Anyway, they're gonna play, they're probably gonna go hard the first two games, or even possible a little bit of the third. The fourth game is dress rehearsal. They'll just have, you know, whoever needs to make the, the team for the final roster cuts. We'll probably see that going on as later training camp um or preseason games come to an end. But you know, to see him have two assists, you know, with nine rebounds, you know, that 20 points in 30 minutes, that's a great number. But the one stat that I, that one play that I got, I, you know, I, I'm going to be total, total transparent. I watched the all the, the condensed game. I, you know, I, I do do the Yankees watch along. And I had it, even though you have it on a small monitor, it's not the same to see the essence and the feel of the game. So I had to rewatch it in the condensed form. One thing I like to say, we got a point guard finally uh, with, with, with Kemba Walker, who's a three-level scorer. And that is huge. 
you know, not only that, it's phenomenal. I love the way Thibodeau shared the minutes with 21 minutes each, Rose and Kemba Walker, and they were productive. You didn't see any fatigue. You didn't see any sloppiness in the point guard because they kept them fresh, sharp, and, and, I, and you know, if this is the sign of coming, I know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's a preseason game, correct. The Indiana Pacers are young. They're trying to find themselves in the Carlisle system, implement his philosophy in the, in the system. Remember, the Knicks looked a little bit lackluster last preseason coming out before we know, you know, the rest is history. We know what happened, but they bought in and they bought into the system. So, you know, let's not get too excited, but it is great to see the Knicks black on the floor and score 125 points. My God. Wow. It's like night and day. You know, you, you've seen also with Evan Poignier, not just shooting one dimensional. He's not. He, you know, and I love Reggie Bullock. We all wanted Reggie Bullock to return off the bench. Don't get me wrong. That's because he's not on the Knicks doesn't mean we don't like him or, or appreciate what he brought to the team. We do. But we know that Fournier was already an upgrade. You saw that he wasn't stuck in a corner. He put the ball on the floor. He moved it around. He could shoot. And Bullock was a little one-dimensional. And, and that, and you saw that big uh, improvement. Uh, just came one of the preseason, man. What's your thought on that one? Um, what sticks out to everyone in regards to Reggie Bullock, even though he was a great defender for us, a great three-point shooter, great three-and-D uh, player all around, um, I think one of the moments that truly stick out to uh, everyone is during the um, during the playoffs, the series with the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta when him and RJ won a two-on-one uh, fast break and when he traveled with the ball. And that moment there, I think a lot of Knicks fans felt like, okay, we have to get an upgrade on this guy, which is a fair uh, point. And so we see that upgrade in Evan Fournier. It was to a point where I believe in the, if not in the first quarter, then maybe in the second quarter, uh, Tom Thibodeau tried to sub out Evan Fournier for Emmanuel quickly. But Evan Fournier just kept drawing fouls and kept getting to the bucket and, you know, like things of the, things like that, like when whenever you can't sub him out because he just keeps getting buckets, like I, it's just a preseason game, like you said. We have to, you know, calm down our expectations. But that was really a, a great sight to see right there. Evan Fournier, like, and the way he got it was exciting. It was off the three, you know, passing with uh with Julius Randle. We see that him and Julius Randle already developed a nice little two man game in that first game. Um, just, you know, a lot of Spain pick and rolls where he's the outlet, the last outlet to get the uh, ball off the top of the key, and he can very well shoot it off the, uh, shoot it uh, right there. Great spot for him. But then he also could drive and get, you know, get the and one. It was even to a point where he got, you know, great, great Spain pick and roll, didn't get the three point shot, but his defender drifted into him and he got the three free throws. And so when you have a guy who can get it in a myriad of ways like that, it just goes to show like, yeah, we significantly upgraded in Reggie Bully. That was a, a key of emphasis for the front office. And so they came through with their promise to upgrade on certain positions. Uh, that phenomenal. Let me ask you, now that you mentioned about that substitution pattern, Emmanuel quickly had seven assists, you know, seven assists. You saw an emphasis of the growth over the summer and becoming a, an assist uh, and hand ball handler. I, like I said, let me see your point of view because I'm going to go with your eyes. What did the eyes should have showed you with Emmanuel quickly? I know, granted, it's game one against in the younger uh, players on the floor, but 
tell me what you saw that was, you know, with Emmanuel quickly handing the ball. I, um, you know, I, I don't want to jump out the window yet. Okay. You know what? All right. I'm going to try and stay in the house, but keep a foot out the window with this take. Okay. All right. Emmanuel quickly. First off, when you look at the stats and you see, like you said, it surprised you that out of everyone, he ended up with the most assists. But then when you watch the game and you watch how he's starting to get his assists and what he's doing, not only during the game, but what he's doing off the court, you start to appreciate who Emmanuel quickly is as a person. And so you start to, and so you start to question, you start to have certain grandiose questions about Emmanuel quickly and the plans that the organization has for him when it pertains to the team and the longevity of the team. Now, that being said, um, you know, that's the foot out the window. Now, let's go back to the house. <laughs> when Emmanuel quickly decided this offseason, hey, calm down, guys. Sorry. The, uh, the girl is in heat right now. But when Emmanuel quickly decided in the offseason that he was going like, hey, he made he made it a point of emphasis to let Obi Toppin know we're only going to take three days off of the uh, uh, three days off of our offseason. Then after that, we're going back to the gym, you and me. When he made that a point of emphasis, you start to see the reason why he did things like that. He was what he was probably watching the way. Obi Toppin was working out and seeing how Obi Toppin is getting his. Probably not, you know, it is just, you know, you, you know, they can work together and play together, you know, certain games and set, whatever. But he was probably watching him a lot and seeing how he got his points. Because Obi Toppin, he you see it right there. Obi Toppin got 10 points. He got his off the dribble, you know, a, a couple of times. We saw two instances. One in, you know, on a fast break, the second time in the half court where he was able to break down an opponent off the dribble and go and get a point and go and get a bucket. You, we saw instances where, sure, he got his uh, shot blocked, but, you know, he was able to, you know, do certain things where I think it, it, against different opponents, he, that would translate better for him. So with that being said, what Emmanuel quickly was doing was watching that and I can tell like he's very cognizant of game film and so he's watching where his teammates are and the way they can get his and this take coming into with the foot out the window is that Emmanuel quickly is showing that he is a three level scorer he nice. was able to show a mid range uh game in in this uh a mid-range game in this preseason game. Granted, it was just one bucket, but if he's able to flirt with that skill more and more, he's going to show that he is a three-level scorer. And if he is a three-level scorer that pays attention to his teammates, it then begs the question to ask, do we have our point guard of the future? Wow, wow. That's a good point. Good question. A good point and, good, and a good situation for the Knicks to have. Let me tell you, you know, and, and 
one thing I and I mentioned that and I said on the Knicks Real Talk over and over, and I said, you know, and every different, you know, the platforms that Emmanuel quickly is a hard worker every year and every level of, of basketball that he's gone into. If it's either and this is from when I read um, stories from many reporters and different reporters. And this is not something I'm coming. I know I'm reading it by printed journals. And they're saying that every level of basketball that he has played in, he always tends to excel and get and, and a growth of getting better and maturing. And and from from AAU all the way to, to, to his college, to his high school, to his collegiate level. And I and I, I don't doubt that this young man is going to get even better in the professional level, you know, to to. Um, so that question I was going to ask you, do you think there will be a, a, a sophomore slump with Manny quickly due to the fact that now there's going to be 82 games? Not the normal 72, although 72 last year was condensed and it was a lot of traveling and, and a lot of stress with the COVID restrictions and so forth. Um, with that said, I don't think there's going to be a sophomore slump, in my opinion. Now, what I'm going to throw that question to you. This is uh, all right. It, if if there is going to be a sophomore slump, we'll we'll barely see it. Okay. We'll barely see it. Also, I see in the chat KAC zero double two seven nine six. Salute to you. You know, uh, you know. Hopefully, you can join us one day. But salute to you and thank you for joining us. Um, but uh, yeah, if if he is going to have a sophomore slump, I believe that we're not going to see it. And the reason being is like it was a funny moment in the game where. Um, you, you, you said it yourself, it was surprising that the Knicks were able to score 125 points. The more surprising detail to everyone in the building was that through three quarters, the Knicks had 100 points already. Wow. And that lets you know the fluidity of our offense was just different. You know, I know everyone has seen that um, – the 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 uh the pictures that they've had during the off season where uh, Tom Thibodeau has had the uh seven um the seven goals for offensive defense like those were major and I believe on both of them it was just take more threes even on defense I was just take more threes I don't know but it, it hey that's the emphasis and so you know these guys were able to take more threes and yeah you're right uh, Emmanuel quickly is is just showing himself to be, uh, uh, you know, an excellent ball player. But, yeah, they they began to chant for Deuce in the uh, game. And, you know, it, it was funny because after we scored 100 points, they were begging for Deuce, but we had such a nice flow. I can see why Tom Thibodeau didn't want to sub out any of the players or he didn't want to change the current rotation that he had. But lending to that point, if Emmanuel quickly does have a sophomore slump, we're not going to see it because we have so much depth at that position, I, I don't think, like, you know, if he has an off night, I think Tom Thibodeau could just bench him and we'll go to someone else. Right, right. That's that's a that's a, a, a excellent point with that, um, that Chef Dan. With Emmanuel quickly, we shall see. The um, only thing he has to cut down is taking those wild um, threes. And I, and I understand we cannot be hypocritical because when he takes those logo threes that we call and they go in, we all go nuts. Oh, man, you know, and then when he missed – we want to ridicule him and get him mad. You know, I, I can live with two in the heat of a moment, you know, uh, of momentum and, or, or feeling good moment, but you can't sit there and start chugging over and over again with those type of those logo threes, you know, because he can hit them. And if he hits them, we're all going to, you know, want to throw the parade for him. And then when he doesn't, we want to lynch him. So 
you know, we got to have a balance with that, but he needs to cut down and know when, you know, to take them, you know, especially on the, when I used to call the swing points, when I, you know, when we break it down and it's real talk, the swing points is like the Knicks could cut, if they get a bucket, they cut the lead to three. And, and if they, and if they don't, they, the other team comes around and increases back to eight or nine. So those type of, those kind of, kind of swing points with that. What's your thought? Exactly to your point. And so what I'd like to say to that is, here's where some of the questions will be answered as to whether Emmanuel quickly will be our point guard of the future or not is when those moments happen is that if you're developing your mid range and you're, you're developing the ability to get to the cup so that you're not reliant on the floater like that, but the floater can still get in. So now you have a myriad of ways to get your buckets. If we know you have a myriad of ways to get your buckets and we see that during the game, there was an easier option for you, but you decided to just chuck a three, then that'll let us know based on your decision-making during these pivotal moments, if you're our point guard of the future or not, because it, he is developing those skill sets. Like we, we can't deny that he's developing those skill sets. So now if you use them in the crucial moments because you believe in how much you've developed them, that will be the tell of, you know, the development of Emmanuel quickly. Right. And also with that said, also there's a fine line. If he starts chugging and stuff, they got to know when it's fatigue too. When it's an off, he's got to know when it's an off night or when he knows to have and he's fatigued. What's your thought on that one? Hey, hey, I want to agree with, I agree with you a hundred percent there because like you said, you're okay with whether he, uh, uh, you know, make, makes or misses those logo threes because those are a momentum shifter in themselves. The way I see it is, um, you live by the three, you die by the three. When you decide to take the three, you live by it, you die by it, especially those logo threes because they don't change. They don't change the value of the shot itself, but they change the momentum. So you know the value of that shot. So if you feel it in that moment and you haven't chucked up a whole bunch of them and you go, hey, we're on a fast break here. We've gotten a couple of easy buckets at the, at the, you know, at the rim. Let's show them something here. I'm going to show them something here to now demoralize the team. And he makes it. Hey, I'm kudos for it. But if in that same moment he misses it, I, I can't be mad at him. I can only say, hey, there was always, you know, there was always us getting to the, um, there was always a, a chance of us getting to the rim easier. But at the same time, shooter's going to shoot. Right, right. And, and you know, now that I'm glad we mentioned that about the percent. I'm going to go over the games per, per game stats a little bit. You know, for the New York Knicks, they shot 46 out of 99, a 46 and a half field goal percentage. Really awesome, if you, if you tell me there. Three-point percentage. You know, they shot, they attempted 37 threes. They made 11 of them for 29.7 percentage. That's an increase from last season. Just game one alone. You saw the emphasis of them shooting more threes here. I'll break down more stats and we'll touch each one individual when we go back. The free throws, they're going to, we could tell that this team is going to be a really good free throw shooting team. They were 22 out of 24 from the, from the free strike for 91.7%. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You saw how much they missed a lot of free throws in that playoff series against Atlanta. We'll touch those, those. Those um you know, those stats as well. To, uh, to, total rebounding, they were they have out they were out rebound though in this game 49 uh, 54 to 49. 
but they had seven of them, seven offensive rebounds, which last year they wouldn't get that many offensive rebounds on the glass. Now, the one key stat that I that jumps out at me and I go, wow, they had 26 assists, unselfish ball movement. They were really good distributing the ball and also 56 points in the paint with only three turnovers. You know, that's phenomenal, phenomenal. Maria, salute, Maria. Thank you for coming along. Maria, a staple of the baseball, the New York Yankee, and also a huge Knicks fan, by the way. You know, she asked us about the Knicks, and we delivered for you, Maria. Um, salute, and thank you. You know, and hopefully we get Brandon and we get everyone that wants to talk about the Knicks here on this on this platform. So, Maria, salute, man. Salute. I, I, the Knicks looked good, Maria. Our Knicks look good. You know, hopefully they 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 pick up the you know the slack where the New York Yankees let us down for now and give us a a, a, a bridge to the Yankees in the in the spring. Have us a really good, entertaining winter, and right into Yankee baseball. So yeah, I I thank you for 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 uh, coming aboard. And she says, let's go Knicks. You know, she loves the Knicks just like passing a New Yorker, um, just like us. Most definitely. Um to the stats that you provided and salute to you, Maria. Thank you for joining us on the program. Uh, to the stats that you provided. I know you're a little, uh, you're, you're questioning the um, the fact that we were out rebounding, but what I can say is this, there's two reasons why I feel we were out rebounded. Um, <laughs> the second one's gonna be a little cockier. The first okay. one though is because we were down our first and second string centers. Okay. So we literally had uh, Taj Gibson and Jericho Sims playing for us. And granted, Jericho Sims showed a lot. It was to the point where during the game, Tom Thibodeau was calling angry timeouts just to ream Jericho Sims out. And when Tom Thibodeau is reaming out a player, that lets you know that he sees something in the player. And so, hey, he's not going to let him be a lackadaisical player. You're not going to waste that talent. We're going to fix all the problems, and we're going to nip it in the bud right now. So, uh, yeah, Tom Thibodeau definitely showed an interest with Jericho Sims in that. But the second reason why we got out-rebounded, man, is um, uh, Kev, I'm not going to lie to you. When you're making so much buckets, there's not a lot to rebound. <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's a good – that's a good – you know, if we get out-rebound like that and we're outscoring of opponents from that – you know, by by over twenty points, twenty one points, you gotta love it. You you know, there's no, it's not a complaint. It's just I'm asking about the uh, game to give us an update about that that deep. Was there a big disparity? Because you, of course, you have two six foot ten players in Sabonis and Turner up against two six nine or all three guys. Up, you could say six nine with Gibson, Julius, and uh, Sam Jericho Sims in the front court. You know. You know, was there so it wasn't something that it was going to be, it's going to be an issue going forward. It's just that, like you said, we were scoring so often and few and and, and between, you know, and, and that ball movement wasn't stagnant. There was no ISO. One thing I saw from, from the highlights, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see any ISO ball. There was a lot of ball movement, a lot, a lot of ball fluidity. And that's for game one. You know, they only been practicing for what, a week maybe before they got into some real contact against other teams. And that ball movement looked so well right now, and it's only going to get better with more time on the floor, more trust. Wow. It exactly like you said. Last year, it felt like it the the um the offense had to be dependent on isolation in order to negate some of the weaknesses of other players. 
But when you look at this team now, man, it's like Tom Thibodeau says, he always says this. When we call a play for a certain player, that doesn't mean that the shot belongs to that player. That just means that it's up to that player to make the right rim read, whether that is passing the ball or getting a high value, uh, uh, you know, a high percentage shot. And so with that being like, that felt like that was the identity of our offense. It was like, hey, man, we're just going to keep passing the ball. Something like the defense is going to break down at some point, but we have to keep moving. And so you saw the um, the growing pains a little where there was a little stagnation here and there where some people were supposed to be moving when, you know, when the ball was to a certain player, but, you know, they didn't move or they didn't cut at the right time. So the offense stagnated a little, but then these guys, you know, what – what they banked on is that when those moments do happen, each player was so good at being able to get their own shot that, you know, whoever gets stuck with the ball, they're not necessarily stuck. Whether you have Randall and it's a broken down play, he can just get his own, whether it's bully ball or stepping back and getting a three. Kemba Walker, oh my gosh, we're going to save him for later, but uh, yeah, he showed that. Evan Fournier completely showed that. And R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett, he sh- the three-point stroke was there. And then the mid-range coming off of curls, like he, he has to keep moving. And so that's what the offense is showing. Everyone has to keep moving in order for it to be flowing. And it, it's a beautiful sight to see. I'm glad you mentioned about the R.J. or the curls and – it's when you have a free-flowing offense with point with we have a, a, a two we have a, a former rookie a, a former MVP of the league in Derrick Rose you know and also an, a, a multiple-time star uh, or NBA point guard on your roster they know you know you know their bodies might not be the same but they that skill level is still there and if they can hit uh, RJ in rhythm like that off the curls. That's like practicing in the gym where he's been practicing all summer in Mount Vernon, Mount Verde here in, in, in Montessori, excuse me, in, in, in Orlando, in Central Florida to be to be there, to be excited. He come, he works out here in Central Florida all summer long, by the way. And he, he practiced, and that's what he does with his shooting coach over and over and over and over. And that's gonna be second nature. So we're gonna get into all that there, but my I wanna make a bold statement here. And the bold statement is the Knicks. My opinion, if they're going to, and I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but if they're going to, everyone has them, Vegas has them at 42 wins. We'll break that in other programs or, or later on so forth. But the Knicks could be anywhere from seventh to third seed or even better, but third seed, let's go third seed because they're, they're you know, the Eastern Conference is really top heavy. We'll leave that conversation further. It all depends on RJ Barrett. If he could consistently score, I mean, consistently every night, you're going to get 19 to 21 points a game. I think that's what's going to propel, and we're going to see this type of fruition and, and this maturation of him. I think the Knicks go; they're they're they're, they're going to climb in the Eastern Conference with that. But if he step doesn't inconsistent or inconsistent, maybe this is where you see. So we'll shall see with that. So salute A and B, another staple of the of the program, the Bronx for Jedi family, and, and uh, salute to A and B. A uh, salute, salute. And he goes, yeah, they play. They they need to play hard. Maria's correct there. Most definitely, like you said, um, 
we we kind of know that Derrick Rose um, is going to be uh, who he is. He's going to give us uh, uh, some type of production. We know Randall is going to give us some type of production. We even now know that Fournier is going to give us production. Um, when Kemba is on the court, we the way he looks, we know that he's going to give us production. So now the only uh, person who we need to be consistent in order for us to be a higher echelon team and to be vying for, you know, those higher seedings is R.J. Barrett. And if R.J. Barrett does give uh, does give us, you know, a consistent 19 to 21 points. Yeah, that's going to um, that that'll be a different difference maker right there. Salute to you, Project Nerd HQ. Salute to you. Uh the streets of buzzing CT. I see you in the chat, man. Hope everything's doing well with you guys. Hope your families and, and everything is doing well. Uh, great. Absolutely, man. Salute to you guys, man. Salute to everyone. Welcome to uh, again. Welcome to this program. Like I said, we're, we're, we're still in Nick's real talk here. We're, we're still in conjunction, but just, you know, I wanted to speak a little Nick's basketball because we're going to do the watch along here and then, you know, we'll lead into the Nick's real talk post and pre game or, or we have, you know, we're working those kinks out. With Mr. Divine later on, um, hopefully he comes on as a six closer. The the call was made for him as a six a six man. I don't know if he's warming up, but he's stretching and getting ready. But we shall see if, if he joins us for the six man uh, uh, location and come in. Um, and I'll definitely uh, Maria. Let's so let's see what Maria salute to Hector again. Hector, man, my guy, salute, my man, salute, salute. I, I I missed you yesterday on the baseball watch along, but salute, salute. I know, I know, it's a little rough there, but salute to you and and I and Maria says, and I'm still. Sad, my friend, but there's next year. Yeah, I got you with that one. I got you with that one in reference to the New York Yankees. Last year we did bad. Even we need a champ. We need a championship. I think this team could deliver in a few years. Um, you know, don't be surprised if they, you know, they're getting close and they need fine tuning. You never know what could happen for them to fine tune and get them even one step closer. You know, we're taking one step at a time. It's only preseason right now. And you know, just just want to be a little realistic. Pump the brakes a little. But we love I. Am infatuated what I see there. Uh, Most definitely. Let's go with Kemba Walker because you know you. I'm dying to hear your take on Kemba. He's back home, my BX native, uh, pride of the Bronx. Give give me give me his roses. Let's hear his roses while I while I try to bring in a a, a, a shout out there uh, closer in uh, now. I mean a six man. Um, Kemba man, he um he's happy to be home. Whenever he scores a bucket in the garden, like that's it lights him up. And he was he had plenty of buckets. And the way like I know it was only 12 points, but he got it in a myriad of ways. And not only that, but man, he he was sharing the ball. Like he is such an <laughs> he he can get his however he wants, but he's so willing to share the ball. And it's a beautiful thing. He's not going to stagnate the offense, not one bit. And, you know, we, we were all waiting for it. We were all waiting, like, you know, when's the step back going to come? When's the step back going to come? You know, he you know he was floating around, getting his in the, uh, you know, in the mid-range, getting to the cup with a fancy myriad of ways, all that. But when he caught Malcolm Brogdon, he was coming off of a, a, a curl, a, a screen. Like, I don't know who screened for him, but he was coming off of a curl. And he caught Malcolm Brogdon, man. One time, whop up, hit it. Garden lit up. Oof, Rick Carlisle had to call the timeout. And, and Kemba's running down the court, cheesing. 
letting us know I'm home. I'm I'm where I'm at. And so yeah, Kemba Walker was yeah, it it was a perfect sighting for him. Oh, and man. on top of that, what I like, you know, what I don't want to oh man. This is the other part. I, I don't want to miss this. This will be an incomplete analysis of Kemba Walker just going through the offense. His defense and what he's able to do. Because granted, he is not the um he's not the strongest defender. He's not the lengthiest, biggest strong, you know, defender, but he's able to draw charges. We saw it consistently. When when a play, when a player wanted to, you know, Come uh, get a, a screen. He's fighting over screens, uh, making Miles Turner have to shuffle on the screen, getting uh, making Miles Turner get called for moving screens. He's drawing charges. Like Kemba is willing. Like he's he's drawing charges in the preseason. Wow, that's that, that lets you know. Like yeah, that lets you know he's all in for the team. He's happy to be here. And so yeah, Kemba Walker, great great first game. I'm glad you mentioned that, showing that he's all in there. Because here's the here's a take I'm gonna take on that. I see him setting a tone to say, um, this is this is a point, a reference and a key reference point I want to make. Last year, you saw Julius Randle bought in and set the tone. Now it's it's great that we're having Kemba doing it this year because now you have another different uh, different voice and say, Wow, Kemba came here. Everyone says he has arthritic knees, whatever, whatever I verbalize, whatever stereotype he comes with his injury body so you know what he's doing that in the preseason he's setting the tone for everyone on the team now yo wow this guy's supposed to come here fragile and, and which is what he's doing and and he's enduring himself to the to not just the Nick team to the city to and also his teammates there you gotta come here and and, and you know I'm coming even you you could say I got knees whatever I'm you gotta come and bring your A game because I ain't giving up my minutes you know I'm willing to share 21 minutes with Derek Rose but McBride and, and so forth, you got to come and bring your A game because you're not, not going to see the floor. And I'm glad, I'm, and I'm touching the young kids because after the game, and, and I give a salute to Nick Schwicker, I heard it this morning, they, the both Quentin Grimes and McBride stood an hour later at 11 o'clock at night shooting around, shooting and working out. He read it on Beecher Report, and I'm going to, you know, reuse his take. Phenomenal. The, you know, phenomenal. The young kids, you know, they, they you know, go, I didn't get much play time, but they're in the gym working their butts up because guys like Kemba, Last year with Julius Randle, they set the tone. Leaders lead by example, not by talking or or or, or, or words. Because you know, there's a saying: words are taken by the wind. Now actions speak volumes, and and that's what this guy Kemba Walker did, uh, doing with those charges and so forth. I love what I saw. You know what I'm hearing: a great, great, great win. Hey CT, go to your uh, Twitter uh, CT if you want to join us here. Um, I send you the, the stream your link in there, my friend. If you're if you're down for it. I understand you've been on the stream all, all morning, but if you more than want to join us, you're more than welcome. If not, that's cool. You you will have more than welcome. Mm -hmm. Ex like you said, uh, Kev, more than welcome to join us. Also, salute to Nick's Real Talk. He was breaking this down. The pre uh, he's break break down the pregame, during the game, post game. Always up on everything, Nick's. Always a great source of information. So salute to Nick's Real Talk. But like like he said, man, it was a phenomenal sight to see that uh, Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride, you know, they stayed after shooting because, granted, when Miles McBride came in, you know, he missed a few shots, but he still showed his uh, defensive ability and not giving up anything too easy. Um, Quentin Grimes, you know, they both of them didn't get much play, but what they do have to um, realize, you know, and this is where 
guys like Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker come in. And like you said, with uh, Emba, with, with, uh, sorry, with Kemba, you know, taking the charge early on, showing the type of leader that he is, and Evan Fournier being a different type of leader in his um, in his uh, in his own niche. What what I'm what I'm gonna make a bold prediction here, and what I feel we're gonna start to see is Evan Fournier is gonna you know draw along with uh, Randall and be you know. The type of leaders that they are, are they're going to be the hard-nosed, you know, leaders that, you know, when things are going rough, they may seem a little frazzled or what their um their go-to is going to be like, hey, if something's going wrong, attack it harder. And what Kemba and Derrick Rose are, are going to be the leaders to calm everything down. And so we needed, like, we needed a myriad of two different leaders. And we were luckily able to get Derrick Rose later on. And so we had the differences with Randall and Rose. But I think they also needed supplementary, uh, you know, co-leaders along with them to help, you know, give the message to the younger guys. Because after them, after those guys, everyone else is pretty much younger. With that in effect, what we're also going to start to see, I think, and this is going to lend to something else, is will quickly step up and become become his own leader because who he's going to have to lead is not only, uh, you know, Obi because he, them two are going to have majority of their playing time, and if Obi is going to need a great point guard, he's going to need someone that can get him the ball like an Emmanuel quickly, but. Emmanuel quickly is also going to have to lead Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride, not only on the court, but he has to lead them in the mentality that he kept last year that, hey, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Don't ever come into a game cold. I had my moments there because I was a rookie, so so forth and so on, but I had to put in the work and consistently keep warm that way that whenever I was called upon it became to a point that hey they're gonna want to keep me on the court make it so they don't have a reason to bench you and that's what he's gonna have to teach these young guys nice good 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 one that that's great point there I, I can't even I, I don't know what to go with that because that that's perfectly said there with that now with now speaking of the bench and 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 with Obadiah, Obadiah Toppin Obi Toppin the the you know, to me, you know, one of my favorite Knicks, and not just because of Obi, Obi, Obi Wan Kenobi, and all that Star Wars uh, uh, references. He had he wow, ten points in fourteen minutes um, off the bench, and also Alex Burke. You know, wow, Alex Burke, eight points in eighteen minutes. You know, so you can see the bench. Woo, they they already they they know they already had that camaraderie um, playing with one another. What's your thoughts on that on the bench? Uh, the crazy part is for the bench is. We already know what Alec Burks is going to give us. He's already been a wanted player all throughout the league because he's had that ability to showcase that offensive prowess. Um, man, I'm going to go back to what I said originally and what I thought Thibodeau's whole point was, was that, hey, world, look at my new weapons. We have new weapons over here. We got new weapons. And when he says new weapons, even the old players coming back have new weapons. What I think this the bench showed us was it was more so a showcasing for Obi Toppin 
to showcase his new offensive prowess. And it was a showcase for, you know, uh, Emmanuel quickly to see, hey, what can you do with the ball instead of scoring? And how can you change the game, you know, instead of just putting the ball in the hole? And with that, you know, with that type of, with the production that they showed us, it was a reason why, you know, Alec Burks only needed to give us eight points with us scoring 125 points. Usually last year, if we had 125 points, you knew Alec Burks gave us somewhere around, you know, 16 to 20 points. But, you know, it, it, it like these guys, they, they were all productive. Everyone was productive and showed something. And that was the beautiful part about this game. You know, aside from the fact that we won it, it was just that everyone was productive. Salute to Alex. Salute, Alex Coquito. That's right. Today is Wednesday. AEW tonight. We'll be we're watching that. Well, thank you. Salute to Alex. He had a good program on his on his stream of, about the uh, men and women of uh, intergender wrestling and, and fighting combat sport. It was really good um, topic on there. He broke it down with China Sable wrestling. Um, yo, Alex, that was phenomenal. You do great work, but that was phenomenal. One 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 of the favorite because of course it hits me with the wrestling. But man, Alex. You know, a little bit off topic, but that's all right. You know, got to salute and, and give thanks for uh, for those who, who support the program and also the vice versa. Great work with the wrestling, and I, yeah, I can't wait to watch AEW tonight. You know, and and definitely on it. No, 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 nothing going on for me um, stream wise, and I'll definitely sit down and probably watch finally AEW without watching it on tape delay. So salute to Alex. Almost oh, definitely. If Alex, if you can also uh, put your channel in the chat, that seems like an interesting uh, topic you stated. I know we're we're on the next subject right now, but it is a sports network, and we dabble in multiple sports, so that would be something interesting to watch. And we, I'd love for you to share that, you know, that that program with the uh, with the viewers here, because that's I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna, interesting. If you had, I'm gonna feature his channel on my on my page too. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna later on I'm gonna put in my setting. It's just like that, Alex Coquito, just like that. That's uh just his name, Alex Coquito. Just uh, put type it in the search bar, Alex Coquito, and his content come out. And he's off there. I know on there you can find him in Facebook and in Instagram. I, I you know I follow him on all the platforms. Uh, like I said, a great friend to the program, always supporting, always. And also I'm a fan of all his work. I'm, I'm you know. Total fan of always working, and he, you know, not just about wrestling. He he talks about the things that are happening in the, in the island of Puerto Rico, you know, uh, with the crime and, and and all different types of things. Salute and definitely, and of course, no introduction needed, but we still got to give him all his props. All his oh salute. yes, yes indeed. Oh yes, the main man, man is in the Robert building. Parr. Robert Parr, salute to my guy, Robert Parr. I Damn. hope you watch some of the U.S. Yeah, pound to you, man. I hope you watch some of the UFC events. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with Austin. Um, and I have a bold take on some of the boxing that was happening. I know uh, a certain uh, um, a certain fighter lost his titles. And um, I'm going to tell you why. But uh, let's get right back to this next, most definitely. I, I Salute to you, wait. Robert Parr. I cannot wait and just now and just real quick to since all the basketball if you're a combat sport fan we come on here uh hit the notification the time is not set yet because Austin has to work tomorrow so we don't know if we're going to re-record it early in the, and replay it in the in normal time slot or we'll just go live and, and and leave Austin you know um to work and you know he's got to make his money so we don't know we'll, we'll we'll collaborate on that with that and of course A to Z media what's going on man hopefully Salute he's warming to you, up. A to Z media. 
we have him there. We've had him in there. I salute to A to Z. We will come in a little later. I think he has some, uh, some business to take care of, but definitely will join us from time to time in the program, bringing in there. Also, another Nick uh, uh, fan like us, you know, fan of the fan. And, you know, we'll have him to uh, salute to him. And like I said, um, we'll go. Let's get back to the, the basketball, though. But I, but I okay, before I finish up with the combat sport, we're going to have the Tyson Fury uh, Wilder watch along. Um, I love. No, no, uh, the answer is no. I'm just there. Um, and, and yeah, the invites were out there. No invite, no, no. So, well, we'll know, we'll see. And definitely, definitely, definitely see the Tyson Three watch along, and, and we'll do it here. We'll watch it for those who can't see it, and we'll comment the best as can. And we'll, I can't wait for that one because I am so disclaimer, I am like this for Tyson Fury. I mean, for Wilder, I love Wilder. I'm gonna be totally honest, I, I, you know, he don't do wrong in my eyes, so. I, I'm a big Wilder fan, so. <laughs> uh, most definitely, I yeah, like you said, uh, Wilder. He um, he oh man, Deontay Wilder. You know they 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 call him the Bronx Bomber for a reason. He was putting on shows in Barclays before the Nets thought it was popular to do so. All right, I'll put it at that. And so, man, Deontay Wilder. He always says it. Everyone has to be perfect for 12 rounds. He just has to be perfect for two minutes. So when you have hands of dynamite, when you have Ooh. weapons of mass destruction, and especially in one hand, like when you have that hand that just it sends people to whoa. It's, it's like I it's, mean, it's, uh, hopefully it's like a Julius Randle shot. Yes. Oh right, my right. gosh. Speaking <laughs> of Julius Randle. Beating the buzzard in the third quarter, it was an excellent showing. You, we really started to see him warm up, and this is the the the, the beauty of the Knicks system, man. Is that I feel like before every um, you know, last year we needed a random person to go off along with Julius in order for the team to have success. This year, the way the team is, is flowing, if the offense stays consistent, the way it showed itself during preseason, the way I feel this offense is going to be is that if anyone has a, an epic 30, 40-plus night, that means the other team is probably nine times out of ten in trouble. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it, it, woof. just imagine, you know, just – Oh, we can only imagine, yo, man. This yes. season, they are, yo, this is, it's only preseason. Like I said, I just want to pump the brakes myself, my enthusiasm, you know, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we'll go off for, we'll go on for another 10 minutes before, you know, I keep it short and sweet. Like I said, we don't, oh, G Money in the house. G Money. Oh, G Money. Salute to you. G my main man. G Money. Everyone's coming out the woodwork. Oh, Salute man. to everyone. Yes, indeed, man. Oh, this is phenomenal, man. G Money, good to see you, my main man. Salute, salute, and um, definitely. So, what you so back to what we were saying about the the um, I thought I lost my train of thought because you know I'm so excited and so enthusiastic and happy to see G Money that I just lost my train of thought there. Oh my god! Look, it's old. the look. You know what it is? It was the flow of everyone coming in and supporting the chat that we were talking about the flow of the offense for the Knicks, and that's yeah. what we had. We were talking about. 
And, and and I stumbled and look at that. You picked up the slack there. And G Money in there that you pick up the slack. So I think the Knicks went when one player stumbled, it could be either 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 Randall or in my case uh RJ Barrett. You guys picked up the slack there. Man, I love that, man. That's the comedy. That's that that's a good sign of the Knicks. Uh, uh man, that's a good omen in my my, my case. Most definitely. I also see someone else in the in the chat, uh, an avid supporter of the sports network. I'm healed. Salute to you. I'm healed, man. Oh, you 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 feel like we're a weird team, man. I I would. I am healed. All right, I am healed in the in the building. I would hate to like I you I know you're, man. <laughs> I have to agree with that. We are a completely weird team. The Knicks are a weird team. But whenever you don that orange and blue, you know it, you, it man. Everyone has said it, you know, uh, Alan Hahn has said it the best. It, uh, like, the orange and blue jersey is the heaviest jersey in the league. Whenever we're doing bad, it's something to talk about. Whenever we're doing good, it's something to talk about. We're always just something to talk about. And so, salute to you, I'm here. I can feel why, you know, we're a weird team. But we're getting it together. And based on this preseason game last night, oh, man, it you know, we're coming along just fine. And the defense, man, once again, I, I know it was a young team in the Indiana Pacers. You know, uh, Mike Breen even pointed it out that their just drafted rookie, uh, their newly drafted rookie, Chris Duarte, is one of the older uh, you know, members of the team at 24 years old, it, it, you know, it shows that they were a very young team and they were missing players like Karis LeVert. But yeah, our defense was not one to be trifled with this game. We, Hold on. everyone was on a string. Hold on a second. I'm going to change that for a moment. We got our six man coming in with no introduction. Uh, let me first put that up there. Make sure we know that we're getting the right person in there and he's backstage. That one and only, our six man tonight. The coach calls a timeout, and here's our six man, G Buddy. Salute. Shaking and beating. What's going on? Oh man, salute, man. Salute, salute to you, man. G Money. How you doing, man? Great, great. You? Phenomenal, man. Even better to see you on the stream. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Glad to see you doing well, man. Thank you, thank you. Just at work right now, but I can chat. I can chat a little bit. Awesome. All right, so then we're gonna keep it short because the program is, uh, you know, also ending soon. I want you to give us your overall view on the game last night and looking forward at, you know, if you don't want to project onto the season, at least project onto this next game versus the Wizards. How do you see the team performing? And you know, based on the performance you saw last night. The ball movement was popping. The spacing was great. Kemba was shaking and baking out there. Um, RJ Barrett showed some moves going to the cup. Even OB Toppin, OB, showed some drives, dunks. Even hit a mid-range shot, too. This Knicks team is looking like an offensive juggernaut. My only concern is injuries. We got to stay healthy. And the Eastern Conference got better. The East got better. Chicago made moves. Miami made moves. Atlanta, they're going to be very good. Brooklyn, Philly's still good. Milwaukee. So if we can stay healthy, I think we can go far in the playoffs. I think, I'm sorry, so I'm in the back end. I think if we can stay healthy, I think we could be around, if, okay, 
if I had to make a guess where I think our team's going to be with every team fully healthy, I would love for us to be top four, but I have to be honest with myself. I say between six or seven. I say that because Miami has good, a lot of good defense. Atlanta has nice shooting. Chicago, they have a lot of talent. Brooklyn's still around. Milwaukee is a defending champion. I say six, six or seven. I would love to say top four. But I say we'd be around six or seven in the Easter Con because the East just got better. Uh, you know, I, I can see where you where you have a good point there. With time, when you you know when we could get you on longer stream, I know you're 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 grinding, making your money, but I definitely want you to come on and continue coming on. And, and mm -hmm. we want to we want to have a long, elaborated discussion on that. I, I'm, I'm going to give you my synopsis. I mentioned it earlier. It all depends on on RJ Barrett. If RJ Barrett mm -hmm. can bring the game up and average consistently, not up and down like a roller coaster, consistently right. twenty points. Every night you're gonna get them. They could flirt anywhere from, like you said, anywhere from those all the way up to the third. If everyone else mm -hmm. puts there, if you're gonna get one 22 points, 23 points from Julius, and you're gonna get a consistent 20 points from RJ, and then you could your third scorer could be the Kemba. You know, Fournier knows how to play that third, even fourth fiddle in a team because he did it in Orlando, and and he's comfortable. If we can get you know with normal numbers as a third, fourth fiddle, we're great. But that third, that number two has to be a consistent number two. And in the 20s, I think they could really climb and surprise us. But that's yeah. a big hit going in there. So we can elaborate that later down the show, but that's my take on it. And I know you're going to disagree agree, but it, but I think that's my point. And I agree with you there. It could be anywhere from those, from those numbers. Right, right, right. Most definitely. I agree with you there. Um, you really brought up, uh, you know, the health factor. It, it's always a, um, a foregone conclusion. Everyone seems to always think like, hey, my uh, my team, you know, they, they put it in the back of their mind whether their health is of a concern or not. But you're absolutely right there. But if health is on our side and if we do see a consistent RJ, I'd say um, it give us a no better chance than fighting for the – between the three and the sixth seed. I don't see us falling below the seventh or the eighth seed because I feel like there's still other teams that, granted, they have gotten better, but with the addition of certain new coaches, uh, yeah. you know, implementing new systems, with the addition of new players, meaning everyone has to get familiar. I know we're adding new players, but for the most part, we kept the consistent bunch. But most of the uh, good teams that we're fearing, you know, really Miami, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and um, maybe Philadelphia, you know, we could say that, you know, those four teams, you know, it kept consistency for the most part. So what we're looking for really is to compete against those teams. I give us best case scenario if the season, you know, doesn't give us anything weird to where we're not the Brooklyn Nets of the uh, of the NBA, where we have a story coming out every week. I'd say best case scenario, being honest with myself, is maybe the fifth seed. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I agree. I mean, you guys made some great points. We and also, like I said, like you said, BX, RJ needs to take this next step, which I think he will. Kemba needs to stay healthy. Fournier. I like Fournier.
dude, but he needs to be consistent. Sometimes he can be too streaky sometimes. If he can be consistent and Julius Randle can continue to play like the all-star that he was last year, this team can do a lot of good things, though. I mean, same thing with Quigley. Can Quigley always take the next step? Our rookies, like Grimes, Sims, can they uh, 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 shine in our, their rookie year? I think this team's going to make the playoffs. I think that we have a very good team. I don't. I think we're good enough to maybe, if depending on matchup, I know it's early, but depending on matchup in the playoffs, I think we win a round. But that, that's why that's my prediction. I, I say if we can, this is just me, avoid Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the first round, I think we might get out the first round. Hey, you know, and remember, all this prediction is subject to change because it's all preseason. We haven't seen the Knicks play a regular season game mm-hmm. yet. But what we see, we got to like what we see. So this could be subject to change. It could be, it could get much greater or you know, knock on wood, it might get diminished. But, but you know, let's keep that optimism that what we see on the floor is going to continue to translate because one thing that you can't teach is talent. When guys have, and this team has the talent, you know, it might, and that might not be the all-NBA all talent that we want to see or door, but as a collective group of what we see on the floor, that's a lot of talent on, the, on this roster, and you got to like it. Most definitely. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um. So now uh, I just want to ask you guys a quick prediction for, you know, the next uh, preseason game. We face the Wizards. I believe we're at home. Is that Friday or Saturday? Saturday no, at 7 p.m. I think we're at D.C. We're at yeah, D.C. Yeah, I think we're at D.C. Yeah, we're at D.C. Yeah. We end the preseason at home. You're right. So we're at D.C. versus mm-hmm. the Wizards. They got a very improved team. Um, how do you How do you predict it, man? I, if you if you don't want to give us a score, that's fine. But how do you see it? Win or loss? I we'll win that game. We're gonna beat the Wizards. We'll win that game. We'll we'll beat Washington. The Wizards. I mean, they got Cal Kuzma, Harrell, and KCP from the trade from Westbrook. I don't think the Wizards are gonna be that good. I really don't. The East got better. I look. I don't know, man. Because I look at Washington. It's like, and they got Dinwiddie too, but. The defense is not that good. Yeah, it'll be good offensively, but the defense is not that good. And how and their coach, I'm not a big fan of the coach. I don't think the Wizards are gonna be that good this year, though. So I think we can win in Washington. That's my I think we'll beat Washington. We just gotta just continue to share the ball, find the open man. And we just and my players we gotta watch out for. Montres Harrell. And this may shock you, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be totally I, – I think Wizards are going to – the Knicks win that preseason game, yes. I think they win that preseason game. But during the regular season, the Wizards are going to give us a fit. I'm big – I don't know why. Like, one of the surprise teams in the Eastern Conference, to me, I'm picking. And I know I, – I agree your point, um, G-Money. I think it could happen the way you're saying it. But I just had, a, like, a hunch of feeling they're going to surprise people. These Wizards team is going to surprise people. Um, Kuzman is going to be – I'm calling – you know, I'm, I'm going to be wrong. You could laugh me off the stream if you want. You know, but I think Kuzman is going to be a borderline all-star. Um, a most improved player with the, with the Wizards, along with Bradley Beals. And they, you know, they, they're not going to be – and I'm not saying they're going to be six seed. They might – they're going to probably flirt number nine, possible ten, but, you know, maybe an eight seed, you know, type, that type of flirting and, um, you know, a couple of cusp of the playoffs. But I think they're going to, they're going to be a pleasant surprise for Wizards fans. If you're a Wizards fan, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. You're not going to take too, by too deep of a step back 
in my opinion. I think they're going to be pretty decent. Um, I know it's a first-year head coach, new uh, first year in the system, but I think uh, Bertans is going to play a little much more better. I like uh, Tamara to play much better as well now that, you know, and, and Russell Westbrook, all, all NBA talent, don't get me wrong, but I think now it's going to be a little more of a chemistry um, um, balance and more guys with definitive roles, and I think that's going to benefit the Wizards. They might take a step back here to take two steps forward if you make if it makes sense. Hmm. If Washington wants to make the playoffs, like if they want to have a shot making the playoffs, Kuzma, like you said, has to take the next step. Harold, here's the thing. Harold's a very good energy player. He played great with the Clippers, but the Lakers didn't use him right. So if the Wizards can use him right, they can do something. Dinwiddie, can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, maybe they may have a shot. KCP, he can be hot and cold sometimes. If he can be consistent, then the Wizards can do something. I, I get what you're saying, BX Jedi, but I just look at the Easter Conference. Yeah, let's look at the bottom of the East. You got Indiana, Charlotte, um, New York, Chicago. Um, those teams, I think, would be better. Boston, I think, is better than Washington. I don't know if I can trust the Wizards to stay healthy. Because here's the thing. Is Dinwiddie going to play a full season? Kuzma, is he going to be consistent? I don't know. Is are they going to use Harold right? That's my question. Is KCP going to hit timely shots? And we have, and we have to see how the coach looks for the Wizards. So if I had to make a guess, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I mean, I could be wrong because we have surprise teams, but I just don't think the Wizards have enough depth for them to see me believe they can make the playoffs. And also, can Thomas Bryant stay healthy? That's the question, too. And Debbie Arbia. Uh, exactly to your point, but those are the extenuating circumstances right there is if health, if health, if health. Um, and we know uh, Rui Hachimura isn't playing so far because he's away from the game due to some personal reasons. I believe uh, something towards with it, uh, mental health. And so we hope uh, we wish Rui Hachimura the best of health and hope everything is going well with him and his family. But um, yeah. Uh, as much as I agree with you with your take there, G Money, uh, you know, with um, man, their coach, the uh, Scott Brooks, isn't he's not a bad coach per se. I believe nope. this is the same coach that um helped get the Thunder to the finals a couple of years. So yeah, exactly. He's granted it was with um you had James Harden. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant all on the same um, roster. But at the same time, they were very young. And so what I believe he was able to do was give them a system to believe in enough that helped take them to that next level. So now if you have a team with everyone healthy and you have a healthy Thomas Bryant, who I believe he's not playing in the preseason, not due to him not being ready yet, but I believe the team wants to hold him back because he had a season-ending, uh, you know, a season-ending injury. So you don't want him to play during the preseason. Or if you do want him to play during the preseason, preseason it would be during the uh, the later half of the preseason. Right. And, you know, if you if you get him back and he's healthy, I think that makes a difference for the team because that's always been one of their weaknesses with the Wizards. We even saw it in the game where Mitch got hurt, but Mitch was 
dominating the Wizards all by himself because they didn't have a paint presence. So now if mm-hmm. you give them a paint presence along with two guys in Spencer Dinwiddie who can uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal who can attack the perimeter and who can kind of get their own within the mid-range and the uh, uh and the uh, perimeter uh, getting their three-point shot. You have the guy in Kyle Kuzma who you don't necessarily want him to have the ball in his hands a lot. But if Scott Brooks can develop a system where you have Kyle Kuzma and and, uh, KCP running, cutting off of actions a lot, and you have Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Bradley Beal sharing the ball handling uh, duties, I'm going to have to agree with BX here where the Wizards might be a sneaky good team. I know you don't have any confidence in Scott Brooks, but he was able to get a team to the finals. He is a good coach. He is still hired for a reason. Granted, with all the pitfalls that, you know, that uh, the Wizards have been having, they still trust that man with their team. So he is doing something. Right, right. But just to, just to, let me, just to clarify, Scott Brooks is no longer the head coach of the Wizards. It's um, Wes Unsell oh, yeah. Jr. Oh, that. Wes Unsell Jr. That's yes, right. Yes. yes. I, I was like, I didn't want to interrupt you. To, to, you, know, you, were, you had a great take. And you had a good point. No, you're good. You're good. You're I know. See, see that? No, see, both me and G Money forgot that. Because yeah, I, I, I think we were both talking about uh, Scott Brooks. So now, if that's to be if that's to be stated, then with the new coach, I don't know if if Wes, Wes Unsell Jr. is unproven. We don't know what the uh, Wizards are are, are going to give us. So they're a big question mark. I, I you know. My my take was extravagant, but I'm gonna have to take it all back because their coach is unproven. So I we don't know what they're gonna give us. They yeah. like now, G Money. How much more time you have with us? We don't want you to get in trouble, you know, due to your to I don't know if you clocked out of work completely or you're in a break. I just want to make sure you know you know to make sure everything's going good. Fine, you're good. You're fine. You're fine. I can talk for like a few more minutes and I have to go back to work. Okay, so, I just want to make sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll probably end the stream with you uh, getting off the uh, channel right there, if if you want, BX. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll elaborate afterwards because we got the six man. We got to go. Six man, talk to us, six man. Yep. You, you, go ahead, D-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think it'll be a fun season. There's a lot of teams who have a lot to prove. Can the Bucks repeat? Can Chris Paul finally get his first ring with the Suns next season? Can Carmelo Anthony finally get a chip? With the Lakers, can the Nuggets survive without Jamal Murray? Can the Clippers shred water without the claw? Can um, the Sixers solve their baby Ben? I call Ben Simmons baby Ben. Baby Ben problem. Can the Heat go from being extinguished in the first round into taking the next step with Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker? There's a lot of proof. Can we take the next step? There's a lot of teams who have a lot to prove this season. Can the Warriors, Warriors, can they revive, Can they come back from the ashes? Can Klay Thompson be healthy? Those have a lot to prove, man. Those, those teams have a lot to prove next season, man. It's going to be a fun, fun season for all of us. It's going to be a very fun season. Ooh, I That's, uh, I, 
I agree with you there completely because with every with the dawning of every new season, it's a, a plethora of question marks for every team. You have 30 teams in the league right now, uh, and it's a plethora of questions for each of them. So with every game, you think that you have the answer to the question, but nope, the player come out next game and drop an ecstatic number. We might think that, hey, we have the answer that, you know, Clay Thompson just doesn't look the same as he, you know, used to and that the Achilles injury took away from him. But then the next game, he might come out back to being the defensive stopper that he is, getting a good couple of defensive stops and then shooting the leather out that ball like we know Clay Thompson can. And so with that being said, I have a question about our Knicks that I want to ask to the panel right here. And um, it's in regards to something you said earlier, G-Money, is that you felt that if Randall plays like the all-star that he was last year, then we will be able to um, to take that. We'll be able to have that base foundation for the next step. I, really I want to ask, ask you guys this question. The way that Randall was being used last night, it showed me that maybe he won't be used like that all-star that he was last year. Maybe he won't have that heavy usage, and maybe he won't have the ball in his hands that much and be the primary decision maker. Let's say we have a Randall who is off the ball a lot more. He doesn't get his point. He doesn't get as much points as he was. He's not 25 per game. He's now dropped down to, let's say, 22. But he's way more efficient in the mid-range, and he's still as efficient in the uh, the three-point range. But he's not averaging as much assists. Do you see a team like that, a Knicks team like that, if that's our base foundation for Randall, do you see a Knicks team like that excelling? Mm. Or do we digress a little? To me, it depends on the matchup. It depends on who we play. If we play like a subpar team, Randall doesn't need to go crazy. But if we play an upper echelon team like the Suns, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Nets, teams like that, Randall will have to step up his game. I, I understand he will take a step back a little bit due to the fact that we've got Fournier and Kemba now who are scorers. But depending on who we play, Julius Randle has to, you know, be consistent and dominant against the higher echelon teams. Mm, okay. I, I'm going to answer that. I, I, I go with your point there. He's got to step up against big-time teams. But here's the one thing. If that 21 points, is he getting to the free throw line? That's the big key. If he's drawing fouls and, and, and getting to the free throw lines and he's averaging that, I'll take it. Because that means he's getting his, he's becoming a, a offensive menace, getting and causing fouls and havoc in the paint or or in, in the driving or in the mid range. And if he's that, if he's in that candy strike, getting let's say half of his points from there, I, I would love to take that because, like I said, you also could stop the stop the clock, um, have your other guys involved, and and he's getting his points from the charity line. I got you got to you know what? Yeah, I, I think that'd be impactful. But like you said, your money with some truth to that. When it comes against the top echelon teams, you might have to raise your game a little more higher, big boy. And I think he could do that. And if he's fresh that way, getting his points from this candy strike, and then when the time for the big guys, he's gonna elevate. That's a recipe of, of, of mixed success. Of not not mixed, of, of full success because you're gonna get it. You become now a three dimensional scorer, and that's what we need from him going forward. Hmm. 
Okay, that's very interesting. I like to pose the same question to the chat, you know, see some uh oh, I'm heel says Randall is so average. Sorry. Well, uh, heel, you'd have to let us know what you think uh, is average about Randall because for for a man that became the most improved player last year, who became a second team All NBA player, first team uh, uh first uh, first All Star mention of his year, you know, increases from uh I believe twenty something percent in three point to jump into damn near forty three percent, you know. Uh, Having a Larry Bird esque season, I don't know what's average about that. It's few and far NBA players who can boast about having a season the way uh, Randall did, especially having it in the market that he did. So I, I don't know, Hugh. Yeah, I don't. You're sounding like the heel that your name says you are. You'd have to explain <laughs> yourself to me. Uh, Robert Parr says the only thing I'm not looking forward to is the refs. New rules being out into play now, and there's definitely going to be some flaws with them learning new calls. Most definitely, that's one of the biggest uh, discrepancies in the game is how the refs call each game. We're going to see that a lot. But um, Robert Parr, to, to your point, what I want to say, and um, because there is a difference here. And, and what I would like, because I'd like to liken this to the NFL. There's a difference between installing a new rule and giving vision to a prior, like giving more a vision to a prior rule or giving emphasis to a, a prior rule because they're not installing a new rule here. What the NFL tried to do last year uh, or the year prior to that was install a new rule where they were uh, going to do uh, revisions or where they were going to do reviews to, uh, you know, uh, plays within the uh, two-minute mark, I believe, right? Right, BX, if I'm wrong or not? Correct. And right. the referees made a choice, a conscious choice that, that last year to not enforce that new rule. So then the owners decided to remove that rule the next year. Now, what is being done this year I believe, is that the referees are taking an onus upon themselves in the NBA to go, hey, a lot of complaints are being made, not only from the players, from the coaches, the owners, even the viewers, that this rule is not being enforced correctly. So from now on, what we're going to do is we're going to enforce the rule more correct. We're going to change, not change the letter of the law, but we're going to truly enforce this rule to the letter of the law, meaning now certain little nuances that we used to let go because of the game, we're now not going to let go. We're going to stick to the letter of the law. And so with that being said, I know a lot of the time because the Knicks played a lot of rough and tough defense, we felt that we were not getting the benefit of the doubt with the whistle. Um, mm -hmm. This year, it might be different for us. We are playing a lot more team concept defense, so I, I think I think we are going to get a benefit of the whistle here and there, especially when you have a guy like Kemba who is a smaller of stature, and because he is a smaller of stature uh, opponent, if he gets caught onto a, a bigger opponent, and we saw Randall having this uh, uh, this problem, especially later on during the um, 
later on during the uh, the um, the actual season, the regular season, that he decided to um, go to the mid range a lot more. But when Kemba goes to a stronger opponent, he could just flop, take a hit, take a charge, do something like you know, take the contact, flop, and take the charge. He would right. more than, more than be happy to do that. And so we right. may be getting a benefit of the uh, whistle right there. Right, right. Um, one more thing before I have to go. You made some great points. You may get some more benefit, benefit, beneficial calls, I should say. But at the same time, you got to also play through the referees. Because sometimes when you allow the referees to get into your head, it's a problem. Example, the Suns last year, they were complaining too much to the referees against the Bucks, and that's one of the reasons why they lost. So if you, if you play through the referees and try to execute and try to find the right lineups, then you can be successful. So that's, that's my take. One, uh, thank you for inviting uh, – sorry, you were saying something? No, no, no. Go ahead. I, 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 I was going to say thank you for inviting me, BS Jedi. Nice to meet you, homie. Uh, what's your name? What's your name, man? That's Chef Dan. Chef, Chef Dan. Dan. Dan, nice to meet you, Chuck Dan. Nice to meet everyone in the panel, everyone in the chat, and I will come back soon. So stay safe, everybody. Jimani, hey, right. is it safe to announce that when you have your time and not at work, you'll be here doing the play-by-play -play calls with me? Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Yeah. That's my partner oh, here to do the play-by-play, -play, the watch-alongs, and, and we'll do a uh, phenomenal voice to do the the basketball. And I could say I'm proud to have him on the Sports Jedi Network. So definitely, I'll keep in contact with with Gigi Money. Go make that money, man. Go make that cash. I like, will. I will make money. that bread. No worry. No, I work. No worry. I will make that bread. Most definitely. Most definitely. We got a guy in G Money that really knows his basketball. So I want to say salute to you, man. Uh, hopefully, every hopefully you stay safe, man. Get back to work, doing what you do. Come back on the call. The uh, the you know, the basketball game with BX because this man really knows his basketball. And so may the Knicks be with you at work, man. Thank you, man. All right, Jimani. See you later, my friend. See you later. See you later, my friend. That's G-Money, the sixth man. So we're going to give him a salute there. And let me go here. And since we're here saluting, let's salute Jerome Peralta. Jerome, 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 good. Salute good to you Thursday. over on the west side, my guy. Salute to good you. Thursday You're a Lakers fan. Salute to you, man. From the Philippines, by the way. Let me introduce you to oh. from the Philippines, a Yankee fan who predicts baseball like a freaking, like he knows that, like he had a, a time machine. He knew about everything, prediction, phenomenal. And he's a Laker fan. So we're going to shout him out. Um, too bad that Lakers play a little late for us to do play-by-play, -play, but I'll try to get you on just because you're a good friend of the program. I'll definitely do a watch-along with the Lakers, especially Melo's going to be on there too. And we'll do one yeah. for you, Jerome, and we're definitely going to get a watch-along for you, especially if it's a Friday night game, Saturday night game, and there's no MMA, whatever the case. We'll do one just for you. For, and right now, good morning, Thursday morning in the Philippines. It's going to be 7 a.m. in the Philippines, so salute to you there. 9 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia. I know CT was in the building, so we want to salute him as well. It's it's a Thursday morning over there, and you, know, you guys having your coffee, your breakfast, getting ready. I know he's on his way to do his drive to work. You know, I know he goes to work. He has like about an hour, two-hour drive. So safe travels, my friend Jerome. Of course, a good friend to, to the program. And always, always, always a pleasure to see you. Makes everyone happy, man. 
Thank you, Jerome. You make my, my day when I see you there. Robert Parr makes me happy. Maria, I am healed. And G Money, man, what 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 a pleasure to have G Money and, and to know that we signed him and he's going to be part of the play by play here to do the basketball watch along. It's phenomenal. I mean, great things are happening here, and, and you know we you know I, you know it's exciting, exciting time to be a Knicks fan. You know, an exciting time. You know, I I, I was burst with so much energy to speak about the Knicks. I bottled myself up. I didn't want to go be seen. I went through the baseball. Didn't want to be seen too much. Cause I wanted to hold that bottle up and, and, and I got more to go. So I know I got to go bring up that energy again, that hypeness and go into Nick's real talk in the season and, and bring this, this enthusiastic and, and this energy there as well. So I cannot wait. And of course the first lady of, of and, and New York Knicks, New York Knicks podcasting, streaming, the one and only Stephanie from Queens court salute. She's in the building. Oh, salute, salute, salute. The one and Absolutely. only the first lady. Absolutely. To the first lady. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. I got to I got to I got to get her on, man. I hope if she's available, we'd love to get her on. Of well, man, that'd be phenomenal to have her come on and talk a little bit next. Cause boy, she when I talk about someone who could bring it, she brings it. She brings. Yeah. She food. is not afraid to give you the, the the you know the real about the Knicks, and she knows her basketball. She break down everything. Damn near to what the players thought they were gonna do. She'll know it sometimes before they did. <laughs> oh. If you go watch her, right? If you if you watch uh, support the NBK uh, channel and watch the Queen's Court whenever they uh, you know whenever they permit, whenever she breaks down the Knicks, it'll be to a point where Randall, you know, Randall would, uh, almost take a shot and be like, Randall thought so, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Yep, he, she's, he breaks it down. I mean, her and, and, and Chris as well, phenomenal, phenomenal. And they do wonderful things there. You know, I, I just, let me, let me get, try to get her. Go ahead, um, Chef, break it down when I try to get her to stream an app to her. Hopefully she has time. I know she's really busy and extensive. So, you know, what? I'm going to put it in the chat. Let me just put it. Oh, she will come on. Let's put her, let's get her in here. Let's invite her in here. Let me, I was going to send it through. I was going to send it to Twitter, but I'll break my rule today because you, when you have royalty in the building, you got, you got to. You got to when you have cotton cotton routine you got to put them on you got to put it on and definitely appreciate it and we get we get queen court once she comes in here well boom whoa you know she's not a six man but she'll be our six man tonight not a six man she could she's a starter don't get me wrong you know i don't want to and, and no you know but it's just a segment that we like to call but we you know she's our starter here but she'll keep coming on in a moment and we'll definitely warm her a wish you a warm welcome here to the chat and everyone watching along with us and man it ran it's great to be mixed man it's like a holiday man it's like a national holiday a season you know pumpkin you guys can have your pumpkin latte your pumpkin uh pumpkin this pumpkin that give me the new york knicks baby give me that orange and blue you know you yeah and let's do it baby i i i am stoked and ecstatic dan the Knicks are like Christmas every day, man. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Whenever they play, it's like a, a new gift. You don't know what you're gonna get, but you're opening up with you, you come in with the open mind, ready to ready to see what's going on. Salute to the salute, Queen Steph. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? You two fellas are too kind. I appreciate both of you. How you doing? We're phenomenal. We have to speak the truth. We gotta, you know, we gotta we can't be hypocritical, we gotta tell the truth. And this is the way, at least how I feel personally, meeting you and dealing with you. you and speaking with you. And, and you know, yeah. and, and I got to be transparent. And this is this is how I feel towards 
yourself and everyone who can a content creator in, oh. in the universe. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, everybody in this community has really been really kind and welcoming. Um, and if they're not, they keep it under wraps and I don't feel it, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, you know, I missed you on, on Devon. I know you was doing your Yankee stuff. I'm not I a big I, baseball fan, but I stopped by a few times just to show you I love. I know, and I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. But, um, you know, you're doing your thing, Devon doing your, his thing. And, um, let me, I feel like you last year about this season's Knicks, like oh, I'm really yes. hyped up. I, I, I feel the ceiling is high. People get on me because I always say, if Kimba is healthy, they feel like I'm jinxing him and I'm, and I'm bringing bad luck. But I just think that Kimba, he doesn't even have to be the Charlotte Kimba, right? I don't even think he has to be on, on, on that level. And I don't even think he needs to give us 82 games. You know, if we get 68 to 72 games from Kimba, we get in 28 minutes and we don't, and, 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 we may not, he may not even get that much only because, you know, Rose is playing, you know, behind him and, and they want to get both of them in there. I just feel like the Knicks ceiling is so high and that bench, the bench was already strong. Quickly has gotten better. OB has gotten better. And if you know me, I was on OB last year. I was very disappointed. Right. But in Summer League, that first preseason game, now we talking about skills. Everybody was getting excited because he can run and jump. I'm not excited about that. But now I'm seeing him taking a jump shot off the dribble, taking a jump shot off the catch, putting the ball on the floor. You see the footwork on that move when he when he draw. I mean, last year his foot would have been in a knot. You know, he just didn't have the footwork, right? Yes. Seeing him in summer league hit the three off the dribble. Now we're talking about skill. Now I can get excited. But everybody else was getting excited because he was running and John. I don't care about that. I've been around long enough to know athleticism is not the same as being a skilled basketball player. And what I'm seeing from Obi now is skill. And that's getting me excited. I still don't know how much we can maximize that because he's playing behind Randall and Randall is mm. going to play. Right. Randall right. is going to play. Tibbs already said he's not doing um, small ball. Didn't, didn't work last year. So maybe he'll try it, but he didn't sound promising in that respect. So now it's like, where's he going to get more minutes? Mm. You know, but can this, he play small forward? I don't know. But this is the time to do it. You got these, these two, three, these three remaining preseason games to experiment to see what you got out there, especially if Nolan's a well, you know, I you know, do you I don't think he's really that hurt of the knees. I think it's more of a precautionary, but it right. kind of concerns you with both both our centers not playing, you know, but you know, that's a little bit of concern. But if you know how much rely we were gonna put on Taj. Taj had a phenomenal game, by the way. You know, with his family and attendance, you know, his yeah. mother, his brother, that you know, they were all there, right. front row, they, they were there, like they always are, by the way. But, but right. to see them there, it was phenomenal to see him turn back the clock. I was excited to see that, that going Listen, on. Listen, but this is Taj. You know, this yeah. is this yeah. is him. We 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 feel every year we like, listen, he's 34, he's 35, he's 36. And when we put him in, he does exactly what we need him to do. And let me tell you something. 
Tibbs is in midseason form already. Did you see how he approached that preseason game yesterday? Yes. I mean, forget yes. it. I, 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 uh, listen, <laughs> he's not. He's trying to hit the ground running. He's not into that. It, it seems like to me, let's get these guys some run. Let's No, he's like, we busting out our rotations right here. This is how we playing. Don't even think you getting off the bench. We're going to start right out in preseason, letting y'all know that y'all situational. You know, um, would I have liked to have seen the starters play less minutes in preseason? Yeah. But Tibbs is going to be Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I have, I have a point with that, with the minutes. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier in the program. There's only four preseason games. They got to get an NBA right. shape because the season's only 10, two weeks right here, and it comes in a blink of an eye. Yeah, you're so right. You're right. They need to play those minutes to get into shape. So I, I'm okay with right. that. I'm okay with that minutes. Now, if it's game four of the preseason and you're playing those minutes, then you could be a little bit concerned. That's just my take. Go ahead, Chef Dan. I didn't mean to jump on that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you guys completely there. I, I agree with Steph completely. But what I can say is, um, like to your point with a, with getting in shape, the only time I'm going to worry about the minutes and the only time I'm going to feel like Tibbs is just overdoing it is let's say we get a good matchup and we're winning convincingly through and through. And, you know, we have depth all the way through. We right. have a we have a whole nother uh, uh, five that we could put out there. Right. And let's say we have a blowout and he decides I'm still going to play the starters. At that moment, that's when I'm going to say, all right, Tibbs, you got to change a little. Or Leon Rose has to talk to you or something. Because this isn't the same team as last year. And we saw that convincingly this first game. Even though right. it's a preseason game, right. I think that one of the most amazing stats that, you know, just kept being brought up that night was through three quarters, we already got 100 points. And so the offense has the ability to hum like that. And when you right. have, you know, great a, a great starting five who has, even though it's their first preseason game, but they have the ability to, uh, you know, flow together like that, you don't right. want to have these guys playing unnecessary minutes. Well, I agree with you, but I think it's going to happen. <laughs> because, because Tibbs just comes across to me as a creature of habit. Like, like, listen, he calls timeouts if we're up by 20. Because for him, it's not about the scoreboard. It's about doing the right things for 40 minutes. It doesn't matter. Um, if, I'm not, if I'm seeing something I don't like, I'm calling a timeout. I don't care if we're up 25. Um, you know, I'm going to yank you even though it's only 10 seconds left in the game, you know? Um, so I hope you're right. You know, we are very deep and I hope you're right that in a blowout, you know, will we see, um, McBride? Will we see, um, Grimes in a, in a, in a blowout? Will he even play the second team a little more in a blowout? I wouldn't put my money on it. You know, you, know what you know what I'm hoping for, Stephanie? That you know, we all know, we all know that that. Oh, let me use this as a food and a habit. We all know that 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 whole milk is bad for us, but we got to mm -hmm. switch over to to light skin milk, and we have to make that adaptation and change. I hope you follow the line with that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm going to agree with you there. Like, you know, the, the whole milk is good. It's tasty. You can warm it up, do everything you want with it. Right. But if you want right. to, you know, live a longer, healthier life, 
You got to switch to the skim and that bitter right. taste. It's less fat. <laughs> <laughs> got to cut the fat. <laughs> Let, I mean, let's see. I mean, listen, I was encouraged by what I saw on the offense, you know, because that was my concern. Like, we have more options now. Are we going to still run this offense through Randall? Are we going to mm-hmm. still run all of the offense through Randall? I, can, I understand doing it some, but are we going to do it a lot? And yesterday I just saw – you know, whoever got the rebound would bring it up. Fournier initiated the offense. Um, Kimba initiated, like whoever got it initiated. It. That makes us more unpredictable. And, you know, hopefully we get used to playing like that. Teams can't just key on Randall and shut the offense down. Right. And, and 26 assists, 26 team assists. You kind of love that. With yeah. only and three turnovers, right? Three turnovers. It was only three turnovers? Three turnovers. Only three turnovers. And I know it's only preseason, but you got to say Yeah, and, and truthfully, and truthfully, if you, like, one of them, I believe one of them was, like, a, a something self-corrected. Like, they could just, if, if if Tibbs just say, yo, you know you weren't supposed to do that. And the player look at Tibbs like, I know I wasn't supposed to do that. So, really, I could count on, like, maybe two turnovers, really. Right. I, I got to re-watch the game. But one of those turnovers was something that I believe it was like, oh, man, that shouldn't have happened. That was just the flow of the game happening. Right. Right. But think about it. So relatively new. Well, I, I guess we, we're not really new, but we got two important pieces we're trying to incorporate in that starting lineup. We're playing with a quicker pace. Right. It's preseason where teams are maybe a little sloppy that first preseason game. And we still only had three turnovers under those situations. That means the yeah. Knicks are sharp. And Knicks are sharp. Got ball control and, and, and minimize the turn the turnover. They get that right from second nature practice going into into the season and like you said like you mentioned too you know when it, when i we used to come on streams a lot uh in Nick's real talk and on um, in april and march if next year like we're talking about this year if we go step two maybe a step back defensively and increase four steps offensively and that's what we're saying stephanie you were right it's a win-win you, you win. i think it's a win i gotta give credit where credit's due you were saying that and you and yeah, and, yeah go ahead i mean go ahead um dan no, I was I was pointing to Steph because she was one of the first people to ever say that. I know a lot of people yes. they just kept going with, "Hey, we should go to um we should uh we should uh dig more into our defense, dig more into our defense." The Knicks have always had a defensive uh mindset, but it's like, "No, the league is changing. You have to keep up with the times. You have to know what type of players work and how the systems are working nowadays. And so, yeah, exactly like you said. And I think one of the key reasons why um, the offense hums so great and one of the reasons why we were able to uh, have only three turnovers was because of the consistent ball movement. When you have that consistent ball movement and you don't have an ISO-heavy, you know, ISO-heavy reliant offense, when the pass comes – the, the defense isn't set for that pass. Right. And that was one of the key uh, key factors for us last year. So what, what did you think about that, Steph? You, you, are, you hit it right on the money. You hit it right on the money. We're playing at a faster pace, which I love. And, and a faster pace doesn't always mean fast breaking. It just means even in your half-court offense, you're moving the ball. You're moving people. You're playing with pace. Move, move, move. Instead of catching the ball, holding it. Now the defense gets to reset and rest, right? Then you pass it to the next person. They hold it, you know? When you're playing with pace and you're passing, 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 that defense has to keep moving, right? So 
if they're moving too slow, that's going to open up more lanes for you because they're not set. It's going to make it easier for you. You catch them out of position. You get fouls. You know, I, I'm, you, you, you hit it right on the head. You know, playing with pace, moving that ball is going to help. And to be able to play a little more up-tempo and still only have three turnovers, like, that's Ooh. impressive. And, and, and I mean that. See, you got, go ahead, go ahead, Dan, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, see, that was funny because it, it, now that you brought that up, I instantly remember around the time we got our first lead in the first quarter when I was watching the, the game, it was the funniest thought in my head was like, could you believe we have such a modern offense? And that was one of the biggest <laughs> worries that everyone had for Tom Thibodeau was right, would he right. be able to install a modern offense? And everyone yeah. kept thinking like, oh, man, just because, you know, Alfred was here last year, uh, he just, you know, he wouldn't do it. Or maybe he just didn't have the confidence in the other players that we could right. do it. Because right. now that we have them, now that we have the guns, and I keep going back to this point, it felt like Tibbs's whole, you know, the whole mantra for, for this first game was to say, hey, NBA, look at me. I got right. new weapons, and now I'm just going <laughs> to flaunt them. And look at this guy. Look what he can do. And this right. guy coming back, and he can do right. more. It's right. just right. bask in it, yep. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But that was my concern because some people were like, Tibbs played the way the offense the way he did because of the personnel. Then I would hear other people say, yeah, but he's always half court, whether he has the personnel or not. He did the same thing in Minnesota. He did the same thing in Chicago. So that's what I was looking for this first um, um, game. Like, despite the upgrades, are we going to still run this slow, half-court, methodical offense, or is Tibbs going to just let people go and take advantage of what we have? And that's what he did. And I was super happy when I saw people flying around, 48 driving to the basket. They may have overpassed just a little bit, but I think what they're trying to do is just play unselfish, get everybody involved. And you can hear Tibbs on the, on the sideline, move, move. Oh, just reminding them, you know, don't stand around, keep moving. And speaking about that, you saw how he was already this. I guess this year's uh, Thibodeau's favorite uh, word is going to be Jericho, Jericho, because he was doing the, right. the Obi Dopping screaming to Jericho <laughs> yesterday, huh? In full, That's full, true. Full season swarm. You're right. Last year was Obi, Obi, like most of the season. Now it's Jericho. Yeah, I mean, listen. We were debating on um, the NBK pregame show, you know, who was going to start. I think it was wishful thinking that Sims would start. But in my mind, I was like, Tibbs is going to go with Taj because he's comfortable with him. He knows what he could do. And he did. And Taj played well. Taj is like that old suit, you know, that said, you just know I'm going to look good in this no matter when I pull it out, you know? That's that's <laughs> that's, that's my grandfather's Sunday suit. It's like, yo, no matter what, it's just like, hey, it, it's taken care of. It, it could be in the closet. You know, right. every other every other thing was dusty. But that suit, he put plastic over it, made sure it was nice and everything. Like, yeah, I'm going to take care of this right here because Sunday right. I'm looking right. my name. Right, right. And you be like, you are you? Oh, it's a wedding. Whatever. You gonna buy a new suit? No, nah, I already got my no, suit. And then your mind, you like that same suit from? And then he pull it out and put it on. He be like, nah, he look at him looking sharp. Look like a brand new man. About. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's crazy Taj. because every time Taj comes out there, he looks like a brand new man. 
You're absolutely yep. right about that. Yeah, yeah. And look how he played for us in the playoffs. He, the, the lights were not too, him and Rose were our two best players, in my opinion, in terms of just really looking like they belonged, like the, the lights wasn't too bright for them. Um, so it's it's good. You know, hopefully we don't have to lean on him too much, but it's just good to know if we do. He's there, and he's going to give us more than just filling in a spot and not making a mistake. He's going to actually contribute. Right, and, no, and more ways than one, not just on the court. And more ways than one. And, and that's Did you see the three? Yeah, I heard about it. I, I remember I was doing the Yankee watch along. I watched the oh, okay, condensed okay. game. I watched the condensed game, but it didn't. It doesn't have the essence when you watch the whole twenty-two gotcha. at the moment. Gotcha. But you know, gotcha. I, I did my research not to come in here, you know, blinded. But Chef right. Dan broke it down, and, and I watched the condensed game, and I saw that three-pointer, you know, form, yeah. nice form. And, and I think yeah. they're emphasizing, you know, they had 30, 34, 37 attempts from three-point man. That went much went up from last year, uh, you know. Yeah. And, you know, huh. they, they got better shooters, and it shows. So it's right. only one game. It's only preseason. We need right. Pump, we've got to pump the brakes just a little bit. A little, just a little. But yeah. you got to love <laughs> what you see. Love what you've seen, yes, yes. Let me most tell definitely. you. And you guys may have discussed this already. I'm looking now. You guys have been. I didn't even know. You guys were on an hour 47 already. I, 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 we talked about Obi, and you guys may have talked about this already. I like what I'm seeing from IQ. Now, I, 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 I would like him to – I don't think you need to pull up from the low. Like, I just don't think that's necessary. Like, <laughs> Dame will do it. These guys will do it. But they don't just do it for no reason. Like, they're trying to break your back. Like they 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 trying to put the dagger and they just not coming up pulling. I think if he takes that out, just shoot a regular three pointer. Like you don't have to shoot like so early in the clock at that, right? But other than that, uh oh my, like his dribbling is better. His you know his ball handling is better. He's not the quickest guy, but between his ball handling and his shiftiness. He's able to get into the lane. He has the mid-range now, so he's not throwing up that long floater all the time. He can actually fake and pull up and take a regular mid-range shot. And it was once or twice where he went in and, and, and laid it up high off the glass, and his playmaking is better. So I know guys don't think he can be – fans don't think he can be a point guard, but you got to remember, in this league, how many traditional point guards are there? These are shoot-first point guards in the league right now. And now, because you have to play them, that opens up their playmaker. It's the other way around with, with these shoot-first guys. They're going to shoot. you got to respect that. Now they're going to go into the lane, and now they're going to dish off. It's instead of, you know, playing off of other people. You know, it's a little different. But that's how the game is being played right now, and it's good to have one of them. I thought there were some passes he made that showed his vision. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I see you. Here it is. You know, I saw his vision, like, kind of setting things up a little bit. So it's a work in progress, but I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable if he has to, you know, play that spot for a little bit. And we mentioned about that, the, the three-pointers from the logo, you know, those are back. They could be backbreakers, also swing points. Remember, I remember when we, I used to talk about right. the swing points, where not right. just him, but the team. You know, they could either cut the deficit down to two or extend it to seven, and they could, and right. the other team, vice versa. And if he right. cuts that down... And man, and I, and I mentioned that he gets better reading articles and knowing and reading about his trajectory every year, second year, wherever he was from high school to AAU and so forth. He gets better, and you see that right. with Emmanuel quickly. I, I don't. I, I asked right. Dan, do you see a sophomore slump in Emmanuel quickly this year? 
or mm-hmm. and he says if he did, it's not going to be too much of a of a show. This is going from an 80, 72 to an eighty two point game eighty two game season, but I, I don't think so. What do you What are your thoughts if, uh, on a sophomore slump? Not with this guy. I mean, it's possible he was in the gym every single day um with Obi just working and working and working he's a special kind of guy and listen he grew on me like that first I don't know how many games when I saw quick I was like who is this guy like he what is he doing he's just all over the place like a like a chicken with his head cut off what is he doing by like the 30th game or 25th game whatever he calmed down a little bit and then I was able to to see some potential in him and and it's just getting better. I I don't really see a sophomore a, a, a sophomore slope a slump sophomore slump. I don't really see it. Say it's possible, but say I don't that, see it. I know. Say, say it three, three times. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. You know. Um, I I asked this question earlier. It you know it it was just a. You try to not jump out the window, but you just try to, you know, just put a foot out there, put a hand out there to gauge the temperature. Right. So right, right. I asked the question is, you know, we see that Quickly's developing, you know, the mid-range game. He already has the floater. He's uh, getting better and better at getting to the rim, and he's already a great three-point shooter. And now we're noticing that, you know, like even though it's the first preseason game, he was the person that ended up with the highest number of assists. And I can't, you know, I asked this question to the, uh, to the uh, chat and everyone is that, do you feel that maybe, you know, with the ability, if he has the ability to score three levels and he's already paying attention to his uh, teammates to a point where it's not that, you know, it's not that it's, you know, the obvious assist. He's now trying to find guys. He's now trying to put people in motion to get them better shots. Does it not look like maybe the Knicks are grooming their point guard of the future? Because you have a guy, you know, Kimba, granted, he's older. He's here right now because he's the and he's the new flavor because he just got here. But he's older. Derrick Rose is older. Do you have that natural succession plan? in most ways the way you know a football uh, a football team has it for their quarterback both like important roles right i i think so i i know a lot of fans are uh i mean this is the thing with fans if you get onto a narrative about a particular player they could become magic johnson and a person will still won't be able to see that they gonna stay on that narrative that this guy um is not a, a a point guard. I think he has the potential to be. You look at these point. Look at now. In no way am I saying that he's these guys. But look at John Wall in his career. Look at Russ in his career. Look at Dame. Look at um Curry. These guys are shoot first, score first, point guards. But they're not selfish. Mm-hmm. But they start that way. And now you have to make adjustments to them because of their ability to score on all three levels. Now they're able to get easy shots for their for their teammates. And I think that's what's going to happen with Quick. So I, I'm not – I think those who are saying so early that they don't think he can be a point guard, I think it's too early to say that. You know, I think he does have the potential to, to, to be that. And he's a worker, and he's very confident. And you have to be confident to play that position at a high level. 
most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see uh, I'm Hill is having a great uh, chat, you know, in the (laughs) chat with Robert Parr. They're both going off. I'm here. I see that you're, you know, I know that you just called Randall average basically because he just had one spectacular season. And so he has to have another. I can't argue with that. I'm going to have to agree with you there. He does have to double up. Every Knicks fan is agreeing with you there. But here's where I got to come back at you because I saw you say my Mavericks. And though they look like Knicks 2019. So you tell me, are you just here because it's all in the family? You got to let me know what's going on, man. I mean, I, I think Randall has to um, double up, but I wouldn't say he's average. No, I would not no. say he's average, but I want to see, I want to see if he could duplicate it myself. You know, um, I want to see him in the playoffs. My, um, as well, I want to see how he performs the next go around in the playoffs. I think he'll do fine, um, especially with this team opening things up for him. I think he'll do fine, but I still, I still want to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? What what I like about that that oh. with the playoffs, you got two veteran point guards that could slow and calm things down. Now that right. you know, if you get in a playoff situation, you're like, you know, hold on, you know, they see Julius, they see him, you know, they recognize, they they see him. A little tight, then they'll say, "Well, wait, let me, let me, let me bring in another, uh, per, another part of the program." But we're gonna change it now to the Fantastic Four. Uh, All right, panel. let's go. And let's go. Let's salute CC. Streets are buzzing. Salute, CC. <laughs> salute. How are we? How are you? Hey, CT, how you doing? Hey, salute, salute, Dan, BX, Steph. How hey, are you? It's a good day. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm just listening to you guys while I'm at work. You know, I'm not supposed to be on here, but um, I couldn't resist. All right. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Yeah, I just happened to um, go through myself and see who's on, and I, and I, I saw them. So, talking Knicks. Everybody's excited. The whole content creator and Nick fan. Um, Nick fans are just pumped up about, about this season. Listen. I don't know if you guys saw this is very interesting. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Tony Crow from Nicks and Bruises had a content creator on for the Philadelphia 76ers. Ooh, nice. Yes. Yes. Wow. And Ooh. not the I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. Okay. Who's okay. who we're gonna oh, play oh, okay. the first? It was the Boston Celtics. And he was able to give perspective on Kimba, Kyrie, right? Because you know, Kimba played there, Kyrie played there. But it's just interesting how what fans think about their team overvaluing or or whatever you want to call it and undervaluing other teams so for him he has the Knicks in the playing seventh or eighth seed battling out with Atlanta and he has um his team Boston and the fourth or fifth seed and then the Knicks fans probably have it reversed, right? Because for me, I'm like, I think the Knicks can maintain the fourth seed. <laughs> you know, if everything, if everybody, you know, if we don't have any major injuries and we get that chemistry going, we got the best, in my opinion, one of the best benches in the league. Um, but it's just amazing. And then I was on Twitter and another fan was saying the same thing about Chicago. Chicago was in the fourth seed. The Knicks was down in the seventh AC. So... We're just going to have to battle it out and see. Yeah. As we were saying, the games have to be played. Right. You, know, you can you can think someone's going to be good or not as good, 
but right. there's injuries, there's COVID, there's, um, you know, chemistry, yeah, all those things. It's hard to predict on, on right. paper. Right. And coaching, a lot of transitions. They have a new coach, Boston, that is. so. See, it's funny. I think. I think people think that the magic that we had last season that any other team could replicate it, but it's few and far teams that end and end up having that magic, right? Because like what we had last year, the Clippers had uh, a couple years ago when they faced um, Golden State, but you know it wasn't the same narrative per se, but it was kind of along like you know the same storyline. Um, right. Man, it's interesting the way the way other teams just it feels like I don't know. It feels like just because the Knicks got the four seed, it's like yo, anything is possible for any other team <laughs> just because the Knicks got the four seed. And I don't want to like, sound like an other team hater. I'd love like I'm here. I see that you're a Mavericks fan. I'd love for you to join the panel and tell me why you think we would struggle against your Mavericks. But um. It's very interesting the way, if, especially the Eastern Conference teams, it feels like just because the Knicks got the fourth seed, now the Wizards feel like anything is possible. Right, the, Detroit, right. Detroit Pistons feel like, hey, now we got Cade. He might be the next LeBron and take us somewhere. You know, right, I, don't, right. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, me, you know, me either. But, you know, when I hear stuff like that, sometimes I take a step back and be like, well, am I overvaluing the Knicks? You know, <laughs> because nobody sees the Knicks. Not that, not that many people. Even when you listen to NBA radio, you listen to the, you know, nobody thinks we're going to be able to duplicate what we did um, last year. Let me, let me, let me tell you something, Stephanie. Just a little bit that I'm dabbling into a little bit of covering the Orlando Magic's. Just a little bit. Not, not. I'm not that I'm saying I'm. I'm just, you know, just covering a little bit because it's a network. My channel is right. a network, and we want to just not right. limit ourselves and expand. The Orlando right. Magic, they're giddy. They have a young athletic team. They're coming up. I'm not saying they're going to be good this year, but here right. in Orlando, they are really, really excited about the Magic's up-and-coming team. And like you said, the fandom sees a certain way. And uh, they say, you guys, well, you guys were laughing stock of the league, and you guys were four seed. Why not this Orlando Magic team, you know, get into a six seed? And, and go forward and, and i'm like in my head i want to say you're delusional but i can't tell that person that i'm talking to because they right, are right. they are part of the magic organization and i don't want to offend them because you're not know, trying to get in good graces and yeah. so forth with them but i'm like wow like okay yeah, yeah i can see that and you know and, and they're they're thinking you know they have a young player rj hampton they're really excited and not to jump off the base with that but like what you said about other fandom of other teams mm -hmm. oh uh, you know i can understand that and hopefully i get josh on here um, to talk a little bit around the magic on one of these days, but we'll shall see. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That'll be great. Oh, yeah. And I know oh, you're there yeah. um, in the second yeah. game. You're going to be giving us that scouting report. Yes. By the way, yes, I will be there yeah. game two of the Orlando uh, for next season, and it's the Orlando Magic home opener. So I'm trying to see if I could try to finagle okay. Nick Anderson. Like It's going to be tough, tough task to get. But I know where he's at and where he does, and he talks to people, you know, to you. And, and but, um, We'll shall see. We'll keep posted on, on Knicks Real Talk as well as, uh, you know, here on the return of the Knicks program. We'll see, you know, both of them are going to be uh, simultaneously ran that day. And we'll definitely have fun, you know, and it's especially game definitely. night against the Celtics. So keep tuned, keep in tune. Yeah, it, this is this. It, I, I, I don't remember the last time I was excited. I probably have to go back to like 
Patrick Ewing in. <laughs> what think about being this excited before a season, you know? One second. Let me bring in another member that's going to bless yes. our program here. We'll go to the Fab Five now. And salute. Salute, KJ. Yes. Yes. Hold on real quick. Hey, look, I had to, I had to, uh, you know, I had, this, I had to, hey, this, 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 this my, I'm shining light on all the haters right now. <laughs> Vegas, I got us at uh, 41. Okay, hold on, hold on. 41 wins, right? Listen. And they're not even saying 41 wins because I think so-and-so won't be healthy or because I don't think it's just 41 wins, even if you are healthy. Right. I don't see that. First and foremost, salute the BX. Uh, salute to the, the other brother right here. Um, I can't see it. What's your name, brother? Chef Dan. Chef Dan. Chef Dan, salute to you. Steph is always Queen's Court. My yeah, brother, CT. I know you're not supposed to be up here, but you're here. We, we excited. <laughs> Um, BX, thank you, brother. I know it was Yankees. I, I'm, I'm mad we lost to that game. It is what it is. Hopefully, some changes to come soon. Um, our New York Knicks. Um, I know you guys have covered all the basic stuff, but the the one thing that sticks out to me about this game, think about this, guys. And nobody's talking about last year, December twentieth, December twenty third, two thousand twenty. We played the same Pacer team. I'm gonna break something down to you. First quarter last year, they had 33 points. Second quarter, 33 points. This was the Knicks. Third quarter, 16 points. And 25 first quarter points. Right? That was last year, eight months ago. Indiana had 35, 26, 27, and 33. And they beat us 121 to 107, right? Mm. Fast forward to October the 5th of 2021. Guys, even though it was preseason, check this out. Indiana had 26 points the first quarter, 29 points the second quarter, 25 and 24 to our beloved New York Knicks. First quarter points, we had 36 Second quarter points, we had 31. Third quarter points, and third quarter is always the quarter we get in trouble or come back. We had 34 points. Wow. The last quarter ended Whoa. with 24 for a final score of 125 to 104. Now, I haven't checked any stats, but tell me one thing, guys and ladies. When was the last time a Knicks preseason game had over 125 points. No, it's been a while. It's been a while. Right. Yeah. So I've seen people react to, oh, we're getting excited. You know, if you know basketball, 125 points is a preseason game. Uh, 11 for 31, I believe we went. Uh, 11 for 30, 37. 37 with 29.7. So we made 11 three-pointers out of 37 shots. That really wasn't good, and, and we beat you over by close to 20 points. I mean, I don't know what people are seeing, but to me, uh, this team is phenomenal. They can meet you in many different ways, and I'm here. I'm just sitting back for the ride, and then again, it was without, without no Mitch and no Noel. 
and get that. The biggest question that we had going into the season right now, the Knicks could be small up top. But they also have you no know, now we can see we could beat we could beat the big teams based on how fast we are. Because the big guys can't get back on defense to catch up to this team. So I, I just BX, I had to chime in. Um I seen the people's up. I, I had to come in and, and, and get some of this Nick love with you guys. So and, salute and, to all you. No, I'm no here. Problem. Not yeah. only to not only to your point with that there, they they shot forty six percent from the free uh, field goal. Only had three turnovers. I was mentioning Stephanie, and, and you know they were shot ninety one ninety one percent from from free throw line. You that's you know you, if that's a recipe of success, no matter who you are and what seed you are, if you do that all season long, you're going to be in position to win all the time. Correct. Yeah. My thing is the fact that y'all pointed out eleven of thirty seven. Knowing that um, when Randall comes off of an extended break, he never plays his best ball, and we we got eleven to thirty-seven. You know the numbers were supposed to be higher than that. That's what it could have easily. This could have easily crept into the one forties. Oh, great! great wow. That's the fact. Yeah, That's they hit a few more threes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm 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 super excited. Wow, uh, I'm Hill has a very interesting question for the chat. Who on our team can guard Luca? RJ. RJ. <laughs> exactly, RJ. Go ahead, CT. Let me let me hear your thoughts on that one. Let you go. You haven't spoken in a bit. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I think um, there's some there's some plenty of footage from last season. Where 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 those two were match up, uh, matched up on, and I think RJ, from what I saw last night, he's he's got stronger, he's got more solid, put on weight, um, he's our guy. You know we have to rock with him. It's not just Luca. There's going to be nights he has to guard um, Paul George. There's going to be nights he has to guard uh, Kawhi Leonard. And I think I think that's our matchup. You know he's our starting, our, our best starting wing. You know, you certainly can't put Evan Fournier on Kawhi, Luca, or Paul George. So it's it's RJ to me. I I got an answer that no one else is saying, and it was evident from last night. I think the team guards Luca. This the, the we we didn't just play. We played all different types of defense last night. And all of them worked for us. That was the that was part of the beautiful part. Like whether we were switching, all the switches came out very successful. Whether we stayed man to man, it was excellent. You know, Tibbs doesn't do zone like that, so it was either switching or man to man. I think we're gonna do we're gonna do it the way you know we usually do. The team guards Luca, and right. Luca, I, I you know. He's going to have, you know, the best way we're going to beat him is he's going to have that same game he had against us last year in Dallas where he probably ends up with 23, 24 assists. But that lets you know we didn't let him shoot it that much. He didn't get comfortable because we got into his face. I think each of our players know how to defend well enough to where if you get switched on to Luka in a certain spot, he may beat you. But if you, you know, if you're fundamentally sound, you can at least get him off his pivot, you know. Great players like those, you don't you don't make them miss. The most you can do is just make them a little more uncomfortable. Absolutely. You 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 hit it right on the head. Cause I'm yeah. saying to myself, 
if even if he scored 35, we could still win. You know, what's the rest of the team doing, right? So we got players that can make it difficult for him, but you're not going to stop Luka. You're not stopping Kawhi. You're not stopping Paul George. These guys are elite basketball players. You make it tough. You keep them in front of you. You make them shoot over the top. Um, you don't give up the easy ones. And if they hit it, they hit it, and you live with it, you know? So I think it's going to be team defense with Luka um, and any of the rest. I think people are underestimating the Knicks roster. That second team, like, um, and shout out to Josh, a.k.a. Uncle Fulio, who loves Miami and has Miami finishing ahead of us. And I like Miami, too, in terms of their roster. But once you get to pass that starting five, yeah. it's shaky. No? It's shaky. And, and you got to think about it. This, that was our, you know, that helped us last year, our bench. So even if we were down because of Alfred and Noel not being able to score in that first unit, when that second unit came up, for the most part, they made up for it, you know? So I think it's the same thing. First of all, our starting unit is, fat, is better. Um, but Miami is tough defensively, but our second unit, if we are down a little bit, our second unit is better, you know? Right. Derek Rose can start in this league, you know? So, but because of the injury, you know, you know, you know, trying to save him, you know, he comes off the bench, but I don't, there's not going to be a lot of drop off when you bring Rose in the game. Oh no, most definitely. So with that, you know, I, I know Heel is a Mavs fan. We got some, uh, we got someone from the Philippines that's a Lakers fan. I want to ask a question to you guys. You know, everyone says, you know, the Hawks is the premier matchup that everyone's waiting for during the season. Me, myself, I have a different matchup that I'd like to see more so because of one matchup, one-to-one. -one. But what is a matchup during the season that, you know, you're looking forward to if it's not the Hawks, another team that you feel most excited about? Like, hey, I feel like that might be a great game. But you asking you asking us? Uh, the panel, the panel. Yeah, uh, let let's me start off you. with, uh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Start off with whoever. Start. It doesn't matter. I don't have to start. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. For me, it's Miami. For me, it's Miami. Um, because I think that if you can hang, yeah, Roberts put in Philly. Yeah. All right. All right. But I'm gonna stick with Miami because Miami has similar, similar principles that, that, um, to us, you know, this is a team that's going to come out ready to play every single game. And defensively, if you can score against this team, that's a barometer to let us know we're going to be a okay. They got Cal Lowry, all right. He's a little older, but he's still a good defender. You got uh, P.J. Tucker. I don't think he's going to stop Randall, but I think he can make it somewhat difficult for him. And you got Jimmy Butler. But Butler can't play both Fournier and RJ. You're going to have to pick which one, and then the other one is going to get off. And then you got Bam and Mitch. So I just think those games are always hard-fought games. Um, and I'm just – to me, it's it's almost like a barometer – you know, can we score against these really tough defensive-minded teams like Miami? And I feel like if we can, I just feel like it, it, it says a lot about it says a lot about us. We'll go to KJ with the next for that same question. I'm, I'm going with our, our guys about maybe 20 minutes away from from MSG. I'm going with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Um, mm. and, and the reason I say that is because you know they 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 was in New wow. Jersey first. 
and they they wanted to parlay and, and come take us in us New York Knicks shine away. And last year they had all the headlines, but this year we are getting all the headlines, and they got supposedly all the stars. So we want to see that KD. We want to see Harden. If if Kyrie gets the vaccine, we want to see that. We want to see um, Patty Mills in that second unit with them. Uh, we want to see uh, Aldridge, Blake Griffin. We we want to see them because we need to take the rain back in New York City. I want to see that matchup badly. And I would have said the Hawks, but you know you put it out there. So Brooklyn is the team that we we need to take back over. It's Brooklyn for me. Okay. Uh, TT. Yeah, for me it's Miami. Um, I think. I think we are firmly able to sit in that third seed if we're good, if we're better than ATL and Miami. I see uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn as one and two, and I think after that, uh, I want I want that leg up on ATL and Miami. Um, I think if we can be better than those two teams, um, that'll be the the barometer for our success. And and also just sticking it to Pat Riley in in the in the later end of his career, and and to be able to say that New York Knicks are a better run franchise and a better product on the court than the Miami Heat will 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 make that team down in Miami feel a certain way. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree, Chef Dan. What's your take? I didn't hear your take on the team that you want. Okay, so for me, strictly off of one matchup alone. It's got to be the Los Angeles Lakers for one reason. If you got, if everyone remembers that matchup we had against the Lakers that went into overtime in Staples Center, Julius was on one. When I say he was on one, like it was a different type of Julius. And I feel like he, even though he did a great job with Anthony Davis, he was guarding AD out of position. If anything, I want to see Julius versus LeBron. Mm. That's the matchup I want to see. I want to see both of them banging in the paint, trying to kick out to teammates, calling shots, this, that, whatever. I want to see LeBron try and get extra frustrated. Then Julius tell him that he ain't ish, this, that, whatever. Because Julius is like that. Like this is that's the one matchup. And then they got Russell Westbrook. So you know, Russ is gonna be a hothead either which way. I think that matchup in the Garden and in Staples Centers, that one might lead to a fight, both matchups. That's the one I'm most interested in. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. man, I like that. I like that one. I yeah, checked yeah. on that one. Ooh, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's the barometer. You know, the Lakers mix, you know, the, the number one, number two market in the, in the, in the yeah. league. You want to see how they stack against them. You know, you want to see our new, our, our new weapons against their weapons. And I know we're not there yet in that in that stratosphere with them, but you still want to measure yourself with them on the Western Conference. And especially if the Knicks play the way we've seen with three turnovers only, you know, let's say that's a, that's a, uh, they getting good um, habits throughout the league, the team, and they don't turn the ball over much, and they play the way they're doing, spacing, high assists, and they go against this Laker team, because you know they're going to be challenging defensively. Wow, yeah. that's the battle of the Titans. We want to see that. I, I can't wait yeah. to see that. What do you guys yeah. think on that? Yeah, go ahead. The Lakers? Oh, any, any, any topic. Freestyle, it don't matter. I think the Lakers is tough. I mean, I think that 
LeBron is going to have a different role. I think Westbrook is probably going to be handling the ball more. Uh, I think Julius is going to have a different role. I think Kemba and, and you know, and Fournier and all those guys are, are going to be uh, have a different role. But I think you're on to something. Like, not just the four through ten playoff teams. How do we fare against the upper echelon? Like, how close are we? How do we... How, how do we do against Philly? How do we do against Milwaukee? How do we do against the Nets? How do we do against the um, the Lakers, Utah? So that's actually I, I didn't think of it like that. I'm I, like I'm already got those Milwaukee and New York and the Nets there, and and you know how do we fare against the other teams? But that's a barometer actually because you know what? How we fare against them is going to let us know just how close we are, right? Because if we start beating them. Them, 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 those teams. Maybe the front office say, "Yo, we closer than we think. Maybe we should go out and get this play. We're closer than we think. If not, we getting blown out all over the place. Like, all right, let's let this ride. Let's <laughs> let's let our young guys just oh. grow up and get better because we ain't close, you know. <laughs> oh man, you just you know what's my biggest fear? Because I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, I wanted to see. Because Julius versus LeBron, that I think the same way Robert Parr says he wants a Philly last year. When like if any, if anyone was watching our matchups against against Philly, if there's one thing I could say that was consistently happening was Ben Simmons making R.J. Barrett a better player. Because every time we face Philadelphia. RJ was doing something brand new that he wasn't showing in every other regular season game. It felt like Ben Simmons pushed him that way. And I feel like LeBron James would help get that push out of Julius. Like we already see that Julius is on one, but if he feels like he could contend with LeBron and like, you know, that team healthy, that would like, you know, it would turn a whole different switch on him. Right. Right. But then when you said matchups and being bad, Mitch versus AD, like, how do we see that going? I, I want to ask K, KJW, so let, man, let, you let, let me know. Down. How do you see so, that going? So, yeah. listen, a, 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 AD, look, I right, you got your two cars. I'm going to break it down. You got, you got your Benz and you got your Rolls Royce. All right, so – Obviously, it's a different game. There's no way Mitch can keep up with AD, right? Let's just be all be honest right there. But my thing is the Knicks are not going to play that traditional style basketball anymore. Most of their points, as we've seen last night, is going to come off fast breaks. Kimba's going to jump in you, get those charges like we've seen last night. And let's not forget about Todd Gibson. Todd Gibson, that, that small ball threat. These guys are flying up and down that court. So to me, the Knicks play a whole different way. And a lot of teams are going to try to keep up with them. And let's be honest, can the Lakers are, are the, probably the most experienced team in the NBA this coming year. Do we think these guys can keep up with the Knicks? I don't think so. As far as from top 10 for all game, after what I seen last night in the preseason, and we didn't even have our two biggest people. So, I think it'd be a close game and we played it. It's, it's not going to be no blowout, but um, it's going to be unpredictable. We, we don't know. We like that was game one of, of, of 82. Well, 84 because the preseason, but 
AD versus, versus uh, to your point, uh, Chef Dan. Yeah, AD is way better than Mitch. Easy. We, we can't D him up. But, but like to your other point, though, the team defense is going to be the winners for the Knicks. We were top, we were top number one in the defense for a while last year. Imagine we're going to be this year with Kimball Walk as a point guard that can score and play defense. We've seen the charges last night he took. So, to me, people are going to be chasing us, I believe. Wow. I wanted to put that point with the, um, him getting the charges. That sets the precedent to all the other players. You know, this guy came in here with reputation of having bad knees and so forth, and he comes in here and sets the tone with, on a preseason game, getting charges. That shows everybody right. in the team. I was mentioning that early in the program to Chef Dan. It's like when Randall last year came in and set the tone for the team. You know, right. playing right. and look what the season he had. If Kemba does that, oh, wow, leaders are lead by example. And, and I love that right. analogy you brought that. I wanted to touch base on that. But back to right. the Laker um, analogy against the Knicks, like you said, they're all, they all savvy veterans, but they have to learn how to mesh. The Knicks, only two, two, two starters are new on the team, but the rest have been with each other besides the rookies, and they have a commodity, and they know how to play. And I think that's going to be a big key going forward, especially in the bigger games. They might under, under, underlook their opponents, maybe, hopefully not. Well, this is a Tom Thibodeau team, maybe, I don't think so, but let me tell you, that's going to be phenomenal um, on that, and I think that's going to be the, what's going to separate the Knicks there. CT had to leave for a moment, so I think he had a, yep, uh, I just need to pop up. Oh, he'll, he'll be back, no problem, so um, let, let me, let's, let's, what do you thought about that Kemba Walker analogy, um, setting the tone? I'll, I'll send that to you, Steffi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, Kemba knows how to play, you know, like you know, the office doesn't even need to be constructed, you know, um, you don't even need to be a lot of schemes. You've got players that know how to play. They know how to play off of each other, but that's the same thing going on with LA as well. What I will say to your point bx about the chemistry they're only bringing back three players from last year three players um and in our rotation we're only um you know we're replacing two so as far as chemistry is concerned i think yes the knicks will probably um have better chemistry coming out the gate and i think tom thibodeau that's probably why another reason why he started the preseason the way he did, like really mm -hmm. trying to get that chemistry going as well. So I could definitely see chemistry problems um, with the Lakers, but head to head, I think it's going to be a close game, but yeah. if the Knicks beat the Lakers twice this season, we ready. Yeah. <laughs> we ready. We ready. We ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and, you know, because everyone is saying it's based on the chemistry of the Lakers, I want to ask this question, you know, um, we all know who LeBron James is. We faced him on November 23rd. Oh, wow. Do you think he'll have them ready by then to face us? So, would Lakers be ready to face yeah, us? Yeah, will, will LeBron have the Lakers ready by then to face us by November? That's, you know, a, a, a month into the season. They, uh, you know, had some good chemistry, some good camaraderie with Russ and, you know, uh, uh, and Carmelo and all of them. He already has a good uh, basis with uh, AD. Do you think by then 
Frank Vogel and, and LeBron has that team ready to where our chemistry might not be the biggest factor leading into that game. Is that game in New York City? Yeah, the first one's in New York City. Absolutely. <laughs> Carmelo coming back. Uh, you, you, you know, listen, you know, these On guys, time at these, TNT. Guys, these guys could have had an injury the night before. Primetime, MSG, they coming, they coming strong. Star Power will be there. Expect Denzel there, Obama, Jay-Z, <laughs> <laughs> you name it. In the build, so to my, to that point, I, I, they're professional. Uh, these guys are an experienced team; they'll be ready to play. And trust me, it, it's going to be. I'm talking about. It's going to be a fun matchup because the Knicks play totally different than than they ever did before. You know, I can't remember the last time Knicks had a, a team like this. I call it playground street ball, organized playground street ball. Like they took Ruck apart. And put it inside Madison Square Garden. That, that's what I'm going with this year. So they'll be ready. To your point, they'll be ready. They'll be ready. I, I, <laughs> listen, this guy doesn't get a lot of respect, Russell um, Russell Westbrook. But I, I'm, I mean, he does get respect. But you know, you hear a lot of fans talk about he's not a winner. He's this. He's that. This. He's going to be tough for the Lakers, and he's going to be tough for us to try and guard him because he plays downhill all the time, it seems like, you know. Um, and we got smaller, you know, we got smaller guards. And, you know, you know, maybe we put RJ, um, you know, maybe we put RJ on him. Um, but I agree with you. Even if they have chemistry issues and they're not gelling quite yet, it's still going to be a formidable opponent because sure. those guys are experienced. They know how to play. If you ever notice, like, even in pickup, you get five pickup guys that know how to play the game. It seems like they've been practicing. You know, like, y'all practice together? No, we just, you know, we, we just met here. Really? That's you a know? fact, Steph. Because they know how to play, <laughs> you know? So I think they're going to be fine. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, actually. And that's going to be in the garden, right? That's yeah. gonna First one's in the garden, prime time. That's going to be tough. Like I said, I'm looking at the schedule, man. It's a couple of games, uh, a couple of opponents. Um, do you guys think we, we face Philadelphia pretty early? We're after, after you know, after Boston and Orlando twice, it's Philadelphia right after. Do you think they'll be ready with their issues with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Like, uh, and even then, if they're missing Ben Simmons, a Joel Embiid coming off uh, coming off a near MVP esque season. Do you see that Joel Embiid along with that team being a problem for the Knicks because they're still coached by Doc Rivers, regardless of how many three one leads Doc Rivers has given up as his history as a playoff coach. He's still a very good coach. He still you know he still has a job in the league. Listen, Philly is going to be tough. Um, because of the defense they play, I mean, listen, Ben Simmons is an elite defender, right? So they are definitely going to, to, to miss him. They're not going to be as you, you can't take away somebody like Ben Simmons and say, we're going to be just as good, but they're going to still be really good. And Embiid is just a monster, you know, that being said, I think we match up with, without, I think we match up well with them. I think nobody matches up with Embiid. 
right? So Tom Thibodeau is going to have to come up with some sort of team defensive scheme, you know, how we're going to guard them. I, him, I don't know. Do we just guard him one-on-one and just give him his points and just decide that we're going to just try to hold down everybody else? I mean, that's the decision the coaching staff needs to make. But I still think Philly is going to be a very good team. Like, I don't think you take Ben Simmons out of, off their roster and they become a playing team, right? I mean, I think they're going to still be a really good team. But I just think they're less scary. And I just think that That'll be another good one to see. We're going to see that the fourth game into the season. I'm really interested in how the Knicks um, match up with them because that point guard spot is open. They're going to have to go with Maxi at this point. Unless they trade Simmons by that time, they're going with Maxi, right? A second a second year um, player. I think we're going to do okay. With that with, with that said, with the Philadelphia game, I think with, with if they don't, when you don't turn the ball over, like you said, and they're quicker, not that not that not that fast breaking, but quicker. Teams tend to overplay and over over commit on defense, and I think the Knicks are going to exploit that. And I think that's going to be the key to victory to Philadelphia because they're going to get them in so much foul trouble early on. You know, refs are loose with the whistle, and if they and if they move in that ball movement on offense the way the Knicks we've seen on preseason, and they keep that good habit, I think you know. I know I know we got a lot to go. We got three preseason games plus three regular season games before, but. If they, if we see, but well, we're going by what we've seen so far with, with this season. If they show that they're not turning and they're moving the ball like that, they're going to get to the to the free throw line, and I think that's going to be a reason why the Knicks might be a much a slight better with, against Philadelphia because they're going to be also quicker. Uh, and, and like you said, chemistry issues with Embiid. If he's not, even if he's in the sidelines in you know in, in in street clothes, his presence alone might be a little, a little bit disruptive, and I think they'll take advantage of that. What do you think, KJ? Uh, listen, man. I, <laughs> it's the Knicks. Just based on last night, is the, it's going. It's very unpredictable of how this team is going to be against other teams. I just think, I think everybody. We the, 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 the reason why Tom Thibodeau did that last night kept everybody playing. He wanted to put you on notice. This is how we're going to play night in and night out. We don't care if we're up by 15, 20, 25 points. We're not putting the brakes. We're not We're not stopping. We're going to keep pushing and pushing you. So, to me, the teams are going to be playing catch-up to us. So, I think the Knicks are not bothered by anybody that tries to that he play. This is the mentality that they built, the culture that they're building. Um, I'm all for it. I believe we could be anybody on any given night. Now, think, like, to D- Chef Dan's point, the score could have been like 140 to imagine we make 23 pointers out of 37. So it's night in, night out. Like if, if the threes are going for us, we're hard to beat. If they're not dropping, even though we're 1137, that 29.7% still wasn't good, but they still beat them by over 20 points. I mean, right. it, it just, we, we can compete with anybody. We can't. I don't want to take any steam out of, um, the um our win yesterday but we have to keep in mind that we are in regular season mode and these other teams are still in preseason mode. Correct. like Correct. we are in we are playing our rotations like our rookies heart Knox got four minutes sims grime <laughs> these guys got like what four or five minutes right um and these other teams are in preseason mode let the young people play and holding veterans out so <laughs> I just, I just, 
I, I, I want to see I want to see more and, and 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 see you know how we look. And I think I'm actually looking for like the first 20 games of the season. Um, I think that's a really good barometer where we really we've seen enough teams and really get a good sense of the team we have. Right now, I'm encouraged by a lot of the things that we saw. But again, we in regular season mode. Some of these guys' teams are in preseason mode. Um, but I can't wait to like first 15, 20 games to really get a sense um, of this team. But for what I see right now, I've seen enough deviation from last year to know that we're going to be good in a lot of areas that we struggled with last year, struggled in last year. Chef Dan, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, I completely agree with the panel. I feel like um, this team is definitely uh, an upgrade from last year. But because of the way that we're playing, opposed uh, to uh, how other teams are approaching the preseason, we we definitely look better than them. But that's probably because we're more engaged with every single dribble, every single asset of the game, more so than these guys are just looking for ways to create tape for themselves. Um, but with that being said, you know, I see, I, I feel a lot of confidence emanating from everyone. I want to ask this question because this. Do do the Knicks finally get a win in Denver? Ooh, who wants to go first on that one? Let's go, KW. I know you want to go. Oh, uh, <laughs> I go for it. Listen, they, they say the air. They say the air is different in Denver. I mean, the, I'm gonna go with yes. I'm going yes. I'm talking, I gotta be confident. I'm going with yes. There's no nothing to think about. I'm going yes. They they win this year in Denver. Murray won't be there, so <laughs> good point, Steph. Good Murray won't be there. Um, you know, I wish you know this was the playoffs. We can get there like two days ahead of time, but uh, <laughs> get used to the altitude. That's not the case. Um, uh, I, I, I say we get one. Um, wow, that's that's a tough one. Listen. You know, I think the Knicks can be any team in this league on any given night. I mean, we for the first time I can look at this roster from one through ten, even our situational players, and say we got the talent. You know, so it's about the chemistry, it's about health. So yeah, I think we can. I think this is the year we do it. All right. Uh, BX, I, what say you? <laughs> oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Hold on a second. That's a tough one. <laughs> What, uh, do you you have to schedule quick? When do we go to Denver? It all depends on when. Okay, I know we faced Denver earlier at home. Luckily enough, I believe the Knicks get their um, West Coast trip out during February. So yeah, uh, Tuesday, February. Ooh, we faced them after a back to back with Utah. <laughs> mm. uh, we faced Utah the seventh, and then we faced Denver the eighth. Now, what I'm going to say mm. is. If they go out there at West Coast, because remember last season to close out the West Coast, like we went three and three on that six game yeah. road trip, right? And they they had a lead in the Phoenix game, and you know, you know, different seasons a different flavor, different take on it. Right. My point is they're going to be playing back to back in high altitude games, and I think if if all and it's going to be after the All Star game, you know what? I'm going to jump on board with KJ. We get a we get a victory in Denver this year. Uh, um, you know, I had that feeling when the Knicks went to Staples Center and beat the Lake, uh, the Clippers, and it's on, it's on, it's the receipts are there on Knicks Real Talk, and I called it in March, and I told them I looked at the schedule and I said, Divine, 
we're going to win that game in Staples Center. Book it. And weeks, a couple of weeks later, six weeks later, when I said it, it happened. You know, like there's just a feeling. I'm not saying that I know everything. I don't know, no. Right, I, right, you know, right, right. I don't even know sometimes what, what, what I'm going to have for lunch. So, you know, you know <laughs> I don't know what, what, what's going to come there. So, with that said, <laughs> with that said, I think I'm going to go with it. I think they win that game. I, and, yeah. and, and I think that's going to be a barometer of the season. If they go out there, let's say they go, they win that back to back, that means they're doing something special. Uh-huh. So, you never know. Very true. If we win that. If we win back to back in Utah and Denver, we are definitely on to something. I mean, I hate to be the Debbie Downer here. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> I hate to be the Debbie Downer here. Can I tell everyone something? Yeah, go ahead. We like as much as we didn't have an answer for Joel Embiid when we were discussing it. We really don't have an answer for Nikola Jokic. And even when Jamal Murray wasn't there last year when we went up to Denver, they used Aaron Gordon to get R.J. Barrett in foul trouble early in the game. Like, it was something I, like, I thought, like, I I looked twice, and I was, I blinked twice, and I'm like, wait, R.J. has two fouls? A minute hasn't even passed yet? Like, Mike Malone is a very good coach. And Mitch has not found the answer for Nikola Jokic. I like this team. I'm going to have to say no. What did Kevin Garnett say? After he anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Anything is possible. <laughs> I mean, the maybe. Jokic's tough, man. He's tough. He's tough. Maybe yeah. this is the one game where out of nowhere, Mitch decides, you know what? I'm like I'm not focused on anything else but you. I'm watching tapes of the way you move. I'm probably even giving up a few baskets against Rudy Gobert the night four because I'm focused on you. When I eat, sleep, and drink, I'm gonna have a picture of you right there because I know the defensive assignment that is gonna be dealing with you. And maybe we rip it off, maybe. Yeah. But as far as what I've seen so far, yeah. we don't have an answer for that, man. Whether it's him passing or him just deciding I'm going to take it to the rim a whole bunch until I decide I'm going to shoot a whole bunch of threes. But, yeah, I, I just feel like we don't have an answer for Nikola Jokic. And we don't need to. I, I think that these these best players, these really elite players, it's not even them scoring. It's about them dictating the game like a maestro, and 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 yo and Joker, the Joker can do that. So, you know, if he gets twenty three points, he gets eight rebounds, he gets seven to six. I mean, that's not going to kill us. You know, that's not going to kill us. It's just that he's like a point guard, like he's like that Chris Paul, where you look at the stat sheet and Chris Paul doesn't even statistically doesn't um, stand out. But if you watch the game, he just dictated everything. That's Joker. And I think that's what you have to stop from him. And I think that's the difficult part, like um, where he has his stats, but every, he didn't get everybody else um, involved. And that's hard to do because he, he he's such a talent. I mean, I think that's what you, you know, it's just like if you're playing a player and they go for 47. Okay. That means they dominate. 47 is not going to win you the game. So that means they're dominating the ball. 
nobody else is really getting involved you know you, you, you it sounds like you don't have a better chance but sometimes you have a better chance when somebody is just dominating the right. ball it's when they're they're scoring they're getting everybody else scoring you trying to double team and they picking you apart do you try to single team they picking that apart and it's like what are we going to do like though that those players are dangerous and and the joker can be one of those players so mitch i don't think mitch played the last time we played them no it was gonna no be way. enough he's not gonna I, be enough. so then i gotta ask this question within a with regards enough. to an elite player and you know i i'd say to with regards especially to joker you especially stephanie you said you you know you can't defend everything you gotta give up something with regards to the joker what do you want to give up offense offense i would i would i would let him score um i think he's more dangerous when he's picking your defense apart and getting everybody else involved Mm. okay what about you kjw how do you feel on that this is simple, man. Um, simple question. To me, the Knicks are going to beat you down offense and defense. The star play is going to be so tight. Look what happened to Turner and Sabonis yesterday. In a normal game, they would hurt us. They couldn't keep up with them. So think they're going to spend all that time on offense trying to back you down, bully ball, trying to score. But guess what? You missed the ball, the Knicks are taking off. You got to go back and forth. By the, by the time the third, third or fourth possession, you're going to be too tired to do all that. And then you're going to get frustrated. And guess what? That first team's going to go up. The second unit's going to come in and do the same exact thing. So to me, the Knicks are just going to tire you down with the pace they play. And that's why I say no matter who they play, big, small, or tall, the Knicks are going to stick to their plan and just pound you all day long. So – I'm confident in whoever they play, it could be a mismatch because guess what? We go with a three-guard set. How is teams going to keep up with that? They can't. So you think – do you think the Knicks are playing at that breakneck of a pace? I mean, I think, I think that we're playing – we're not the Showtime Lakers. Like I don't see us. We, we're not. We're not going up and down the court like that. I do think we 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 cross half court quicker. At least that's what I seen last um, last game. I do think we're moving the ball around more um, quicker um, offensively. But do you think we're playing at that much of a space that you know up and down in transition, fast break like the Phoenix Suns? That teams are going to get tired. Here you go, Steph. You said it. That second team does. I seen the lineup yesterday. He put IQ, Fournier, and Berkson at the same time. Them guys were flying. Them two guys with I with um Fournier and Burks on the wing with IQ topping. And then they had uh I think um who was in the game at the time? Maybe Gibson or or Sims is in the game. And Sims is spreading the floor out. So to me, they would I said that before. They they they're gonna run like that Phoenix ninety that two thousand Phoenix team with Nash Barbosa, Sadamaya. They were running back and forth. That's what this team reminds me of somewhat. That they're gonna put so many points on the board, you mm-hmm. can't keep up with them. Most definitely, I, I I can see to your point where you're saying uh, weaponizing pace against the Joker would be a a, a great matchup. I man, I just. 
the Joker it, is a is a like, but that, but Pace is also his weapon. So my thing is, do you want to go against um, him using Pace? Is that yeah. do you feel like is that that's the best um, weapon to use against the Joker? I'm sorry. Side note: I know uh, I'm Heel is going off in the chat right now about us in <laughs> Gotham City trying to take down the Joker. That's what we do. The Nick signal shined out last night. I, you, that's what we do. That's of course we're yeah, out here yeah. to try and take down the Joker. He's our mortal nemesis. We're trying to get a, a victory in Denver. So yeah, uh, the question right back to you. Do you yes. think weaponizing pace against Joker is the best form of weapon against him? Yes, because we're going to have the weapons at the big spot. Think about this okay. right now. And the reason I say that is because the, the projected line, we got Mitch, Noel's our two bigs. But we got Gibson and now Sims. So if he does that, you could bring any of those four guys that tired him down. And he's not going to stay in. Listen, the Joker's not going to play. He might play the first quarter. But who's going to play this? He's going to wait on the bench. Guess what? By the time they get back to subbing Joker back in, Mitch is rested. Noel is rested. You got Gibson down there. That's going. Gibson going to give you them elbows. I'll take Taj. I'll take Taj Gibson matchup on Joker all day, just because Taj is that that gritty vet, and he's going to hit you with them elbows. He's going to make. He's going to get the Joker frustrated, and Taj going to get in his mind. He's going to get in his mind and say, "Look, you can score all the points you want, but I'm, I'm going to get you a little elbow shot." Boom. Noel, come on in. Sims, come on and give, give me give me seven minutes of them just to get those fouls on them. By that time, Joker going to be back and forth. He's going to be on the bench again. So I think we're, we're, we're set. I mean, I, I would agree in a sense. Go ahead. Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. You're fine. I, I would agree in, the, in that when he's out the game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, um, you know, our second unit is is you know one of the best in the league. I really believe mm-hmm. in those guys. They're gonna put points on the board. So even if we don't match up that well against a, um, the first team or we don't score as much, that second team I'm telling you is gonna win so many games for us. Right. But Joker is the real deal. Taj Sims, nah, I, I don't know, I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. I think what you want to do with him is just make sure he doesn't have a career night, you know, because then it's over. But play in front of him, you know, just just be solid with him. Be basic with him. Tibbs is going to have to decide if you're going to double him. But he he presents so much of a, a problem because if you double him, he can pick you apart in terms of finding that open you know that open guy, so it's going to be up to the to the coaching staff to 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 figure out what to do with him. But he's a problem. He's well, a problem. But I still think we can win the game because our bench will will as a team we have enough weapons to outscore them. Right. And to Dan's point earlier, the Knicks they don't always got to play man to man. They go into that zone, that zone man to man they did yesterday. That would hurt a lot of teams. So just to, they, they'll switch the matchups up a whole lot. Um. And to your point, Steph, you made a point earlier, if a guy goes for 35, 40, how about the other team? How about the other players? You're focusing on one guy, but the Knicks have five guys on that floor, four guys that can really shoot on both sides of the ball. Well, five, let's let's, let's throw Taj out there. Taj, Taj went one from two for three point yesterday. <laughs> they said Noel switched his line up. So to me, it's, it's the gritty, the deepest gritty committee. We're going to be man-to-man. We're going to play the zone, the man zone, the uh, one three one full court, like you you put the whole it thing in it. 
two two yeah. one one two two like and okay that- okay so i definitely agree with you there i also wanted to point out um you made a point earlier that taj gibson a throw an elbow in at the joker make him shift his mind a little exactly. last year we saw um taj throw an elbow to one of possibly the yeah. though he's a great uh, hall of fame soon as soon to be hall of fame player he's also one of the dirtiest players in the game and chris paul so i want to ask you guys a question you know with uh with Phoenix coming back the way they are, they look like they have way more confidence in themselves now. Do we finally get a win in Phoenix? We was hey. really close. Yeah. Can I please go first with this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Elf on the Shelf came in. We, we getting a win on there. Don't forget. Oh, I oh. <laughs> That's what they Y'all forgot? <laughs> I'm gonna say it, it, it was close last year, but listen, we're gonna be dealing with a motivated Peyton that if he does get in the game, want to prove that you know we misused him, we made a mistake, blah 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 blah. blah. So it's gonna be a motivated Peyton. Um yeah. but I, I think the Knicks it was a close game if I remember last year on that yeah. West that West ball, Coast. Ball um, I think it came, yeah, yeah. It's so won that game. Yeah, no, and the Knicks are better. I don't think Phoenix made that many changes other than Elf, right? <laughs> but um <laughs> we we good. I think we win in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too much. They get that victory. They get that victory in Phoenix, definitely, but I, I I wanted to talk about the um I'm gonna go real back one I'm gonna take a little bit rewind back with the Joker I don't think he's gonna have an MVP type of year I think he's gonna take a, I don't think he's gonna something's gonna be what's wrong with the Joker uh, you know I think he's not gonna be that MVP elite uh, I think he's gonna take a, a, a something he's gonna have a dog year that's just me make going on a broad prediction um um just me saying that um take it as a grain of salt I I you know I I always you know I'm like I said I'm not 100% right all the time but I have a feeling he's not gonna be that. That MVP is gonna have a, he's gonna struggle. They're gonna because it's gonna be scouting report, film, and, and not that he is a great player. Great players always get it. You know, and I many times you say, oh, we could stop LeBron, but he's always top MVP. You know, so I think he takes a step back, in my opinion. That's just my thinking. And we're gonna get that victory in Phoenix finally. I think we are. I think you know they have enough. And, and don't you think they the most of the core is here, and they they want to go in there and say, you guys stole one from here from us at home, and we almost beat you at York and returned a favor. And they like they're not gonna forget that, and, and but 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 you know they they got their major acquisition you know got to worry about Alfred Payton. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, wait! Yeah. I just gotta. <laughs> I know we're talking about it, but Stephanie really said a motivated Alfred Payton. <laughs> <laughs> I did say if he gets in the game. I did say wait, if he gets in the game. Wait, wait. <laughs> motivated. <laughs> motivated. If he wasn't motivated last year to help this team get into the playoffs, I don't know what's going to motivate him next year on the Phoenix. Hey, let me yeah. tell you, when, when he played in Orlando, when Peyton played in Orlando, Peyton was pretty good. So I was excited when we got him because I didn't know he did, he really – I thought – Every time we played him, to me, that's when he had the dreadlocks. He was making three-pointers on us back then. So when we got him, when we got him, I thought he opened it. But you know what? I called him. He went for like over 
two for 20 from missing layups last year. <laughs> Easy, yeah. simple layups. It obviously, he wasn't two for 20, but you feel what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. Uh, no, there was a streak where he was kind of yeah. that was crazy. bad. <laughs> but Peyton could get to the hole anybody. He he could get to the hole. It's, it's, just, it's finishing. Finishing and hitting those threes. But, like, hopefully we don't have a jinx where once a player leaves New York, they go somewhere else and they come back and play us. That's why we call our cousins the Dallas Knicks. Boy, I do not want to lose to them at all. Oh no, not not at all. So now uh <laughs> let's talk about that Dallas matchup. Cause they got the, the <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me pull up their roster because I'm not that impressed. Let me pull up their roster. Hey Steph, <laughs> hey, Steph let's yeah. say more let's say go to Knicks off that roster, poor Zingers. <laughs> hold on, hold on. They, they got the biggest acquisition though. They got Franklin Aquino. Yeah. Oh, come on, yo. Oh, <laughs> yo he gonna stop everybody, yo. Frank, the Frank Kyle oh, is gonna be they're gonna sting our ass butts, man. They're gonna stop us, Frank. You telling me, kidding me? Him and Luca. Nah, they got that big three right there with Frank Nilakina, Luca Doncic, and Porzingis. Oh man, that's funny. Oh man, nah. I'm looking at this roster. Listen, people are sleeping on the Knicks. I, like I'm looking at their roster. People are sleeping on the Knicks' second team, the first team, of course, but the second team as well. It's, it, I'm looking at these rosters. It's hard to find a team that has the depth that the Knicks have. You know, so I'm looking at their their roster. I love Brunson. He's so solid. You know, yeah, he's so he solid. Is. Is. Reggie Bullock is there. Luca, of course. Tim Hardaway. Streaky. Porzingis. Powell is okay. Like, I, I don't... I, Can I... I... I'm not looking at this roster and feeling like this roster is tight. They got about seven, eight players on this. You know what I mean? No, I understand what you mean completely, especially paying attention to um, Dwight Powell because, you know, we all probably paid attention to um, Canada basketball because RJ was playing. You know, if you did watch, you got to see Dwight Powell uh, play some center position and uh, if you watch the um, if you watch the Mavericks, the way their team is constructed, it seems like it's an open lane straight to the basket. Like you don't have to shoot that many threes against them. They just have an open paint. The best defender they have, as far as a center, I'd say is maybe Boban Marjanovic, maybe Willie Cauley Stein. I don't know who's the better defender between Boban and Willie Cauley Stein because Willie 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 Cauley Stein is. I mean, I know he's the more mobile player, but my thing is, if Boban uses his uh, his size better, I don't know. Do they become a? I don't, I don't know. I I will, I will take it from you that Willie Cauley Stein is the uh, better defensive player, but you know, like I said, I don't see this um, this team being uh, you know a, a feared of team. You have Luca, but that's it. No one fears Porzingis anymore. The tail of the unicorn is gone. Now he's just a. Uh, you know, with more and more seven footers coming in and doing more things like he did back when he was the you know very impressive on the Knicks, uh, the the tale of the seven footer who who's very unique is is gone now. There's multiple seven footers in the game who can do what he does. So right. I don't see the Knicks. I don't see the uh, Mavs being a a very fearful team. Right, no. and you know what it is. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say no. It, you know, I call Chris Christos Rick Smith. Porzingis, because that's who he is, Rick Smith. Oh, that's a very good comparison. But yeah, 
But Rick Spitz was all right, though. Listen, this is the thing. I think people, there's different ways to construct a team. People are getting hyped because they have a number one, right? A, a legitimate number one. And you can argue that Luca is a legitimate number one. But that doesn't make a team. I'm talking about one through ten. Like some, some teams are strong one through three. They got three strong, and then after that, the talent just really plummets after that. The Knicks, you can say, okay, fine. We don't have anyone as good as Luka. Fine, if you want to say that. But there's not a lot of drop-off across the roster. You know, maybe when you get down to IQ and Quick in their second year in that second team, maybe you could say there's some, you know, some drop-off. But I'd rather have 10 very good players than an elite player, a very good player, and then everybody else is average. And I think that's what it is with the Knicks. The Knicks have talent across the board, and not a lot of teams can say that. So if you want to say we got Luka and we got Porzingis, that's two players. All right, you want to throw Tim Hardaway in there? That's three players. Knicks got 10. That entire rotation from one to three is tight. The Knicks are going to be hard to, if if healthy, they're going to be a nightmare to deal with. Yep. Most so, definitely. So with, with that said, I'm going to get our final thoughts because I, I don't want to go over to nine because I know Divine's going to come on Knicks Real Talk and give him some, some comments. Oh, he's on tonight too? Yeah, yeah. So I saw that. He, he, I saw the, the in Facebook there. Um, he's going to come on okay. soon, and I don't want to go over it and, and let everyone go over the Knicks Real Talk as well because, you gotcha. know, that's how, that's my home there, so I got to make sure they, they they also get the King's Right, 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 right. So I want to um, wrap it up. We'll go rapid fire. We'll go with KW, your party shots, so your final words before we see. Well, if you can say anything you like, yeah. my friend. Hey, BX, thank you, brother. Uh, you've been growing your channel. I've been checking you out. I uh, appreciate you always coming on, giving knowledge to – Nick Nation across the land and salute to every other podcast out there. To me, it's like one big family. Steph, Queens Court, I check you out all the time. Steph Dan, hopefully, you know, we'll check more of you out. I'm gonna subscribe to you after I leave this. But thank you, BX. Keep spreading the love. I I'll be over there with Nick's Real Talk soon too with Divine. Um, you family as always. And also, I will be in the game. I will be at the first game of the season, October 20th. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. So, so I'll get a chance to meet you then. I will be there. We did. I'm yeah, Divine. Well, me, you, and Divine need to meet up. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll I inbox you or something. We'll do something. Okay, right? that works. Salute. Chef, where's, what's your channel? Oh no, I, I don't have a channel. Uh, I don't have a channel of my own. I'm on the B. I, I'm on BX's Sports Network channel. He, he's he's okay. a, he's the co the co um uh, uh host with my son on the MMA and, and combat sports boxing. And uh, okay. he breaks it down now, and also here with the basketball with me here, and okay. he's phenomenal breakdown. Um, I know you don't like the MMA, the combat sport, but if you're a novice, then and not and not to just blow smoke and, or roses, they break this down for a novice too. If you don't know the combat sport fighting and you don't know, listen to them. Give them give them one segment. Listen to them breaking it down. They break it down so well, and they make you follow. And you know what? The poop is in the pudding. Robert Park today today. Um, break it down, and Robert Parr didn't, and now he loves the MMA program. Uh, I'm a heel, another one. They do, and Maria, he does, and Maria uh, uh, loves the content, and, and they break everything down. They tell you what to watch for, the little details, and, and right. you know, they're, they're young men that are could be doing, you know, young men could be doing anything else negative, they're here doing something right. positive, and that's why he's supporting him, and I give him a thousand percent 
with him and, and my Luke. son, they, they they go at it. And you gotta you gotta salute salute them, and you gotta really really um, give them a platform. And I and I'm proud. I'm like a proud uh, you know friend to allow them to come on a platform. This is their range, you know, free range to do it. What they like, I, I had grassroots programs. I don't even on the program. They don't see my face. Enough of me. You let them. That's about them. And I love it. Right. With that, with that said, wow. definitely tell me what everyone in my my audience to find you. Everyone in the Philippines that watches us. I'm um, everyone <laughs> Taiwan that watches us. I mean, we've been watched everywhere demographically. Right. Tell them where they can find you. You know, we are friends with this program. I like I said, I truly respect the first lady of of, of NBA, uh, NBA, not just Knicks. NBA content. Stephanie, go ahead. I, I, I appreciate you. So I'm on the Nothing But Nick's channel. Um, my show is Mondays, 8 p.m. Uh, and the Knicks play some Monday, so we may have to move it around. But for right now, it's Mondays, 8 p.m. It's a weekly show. So I'll, I'll have that opportunity. Sometimes when you're doing pre and post game, you're so singly focused on that game. You don't get a chance to get that that eagle eye view, you know. So it's a weekly show. We get an opportunity to talk about how the Knicks did the week before what we're looking for coming up in the next week in terms of our opponents and any storylines. How are the te- how's the team doing overall up to this point in the season? So um, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be epic this season, my second season. I'm looking forward to it. But I want to say to Chef Dan, hey, if what you're doing in MMA, if what you did today is any indication of what you do in MMA, I know that's a fire show because you you just your your presence, your poise, your articulation, your understanding of the game, it just comes, it just comes through. Keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. And any Monday nights that you have open, you're free to come on the show. Uh, I thank you. Thank you for the invite. I'll gladly take you up on that. Um absolutely thank you, KJW. Thank you everyone absolutely. in the chat for supporting. I, I like I said, I don't have a channel of my own. I'm on the Bronx Sports Jedi Network because he uh, you know, the way he introduced it to me, I'm not a fan only of basketball. I love basketball, I love football, I love combat sports. And so when I have a chance to discuss all those sports, whether it's together on one platform or I could divide it up, but it's still, you know, within one sports network that, you know, it sounded like something I just had to get on board. So I I thank, I thank BX uh, every day for letting me on this uh, platform and letting me have that back and forth with Austin, because it's a, it's a good back and forth. When I got on the first time, it it seemed like that was it. That was my calling. (laughs) Good for you. That's how I felt with MBK. The same thing. I guess I could have my own channel if I wanted to, but I, I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying the camaraderie, the community. So it's good. Yep. Yes, love. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that, but I salute to you, uh, Dan. I was gonna say, Chef Dan, man, what are you cooking, my brother? You, you chef from Florida, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I. I <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Before the pandemic, I was working uh, in uh, Manhattan, across the street from Radio City and NBC at, at a, a restaurant called Oceana. But after the pandemic, certain things happened. You know break sound but right now i'm back in the kitchen if i'm not in my own kitchen chefing something up for me and my mom then i'm working uh you know somewhere in the city right now hey a bx i know you uh gotta get off right hey chef dan you're gonna laugh you said oceana i brought my wife there two years ago for our anniversary nice so 
I, I might have ran into you. Hey, listen, you might. real quick. I, I would never, ever do this again there. They got the wine special where they bring out all the wines. I'm never doing that again. There <laughs> <laughs> was more wine. They started to say, oh, I couldn't even finish all the meal, man. So salute to you, my man. Uh, welcome yeah, to BX, BX family. Steph, I thought you had your own channel. I didn't even know. I'm like, how am I getting in contact with Steph? Well, you could you could uh, you could DM me. I have my own Twitter account at um BX BX. No, so what am I saying? BK. I'm BK Steph thirty three. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. I'm, I used not, to on, Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not. I will. Oh. I'll, I'll put you. I know. I'll put my number in the, in the private chat. It's text. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I haven't. I don't. Have, I haven't got your. I was trying to get you. Because I want to go and keep the panel closed just to invite, um, you know, I want to structure that way. And I wanted right. to get you on Twitter. I have you on Twitter. I follow you. And I just, I guess because of nerves and, and I couldn't click. And I said, oh, I'll put it in there. And I said, thing with KW, I got to get you to invite you and, yeah. and, you know, private chat. Oh, you know, it's like that week, you know, we keep it, you know, moving slow and, and, and right. going forward with that. That's yeah, I definitely. Because like I do that too for the show. Not yeah. wanting to have like, um, like for me, I mean, you guys are, are like professionals, but for me, after four or five, it's just it's too much. So I'm trying to um, keep it around four or five. I know some guys can have six, seven, eight people and still, you know, um, keep the flow. Yeah, that's what that's what I try to do. I try to keep it, you know, I don't want too many too much. Uh, which, but when there's content of so many great talks, you know, you keep the flow going and you you. You bring right. everyone on. I, I love that. I, I, I want to salute everyone for, for not only supporting the program, allowing me to grow and the way we're growing, you know, not just myself. I can't I'd be a hypocrite here to say that I'm taking all the credit. I I I, I got to give thanks to my son, Austin, who just came on one day and, and just started talking about mixed martial arts. And lo and behold, attracted Dan. And Dan, I you know, knew he liked it. And I said, listen, and like Divine called him the dream team. They are the dream team of the program. You know, right. they bring, I know they bring it, you know, that the numbers seek for themselves, for them, their program. And, and you know, what I love the fact that now, we, you know, they they interviewed their first professional um, MMA fighter. You know, they're going to have wow. more coming on, you know, so they're doing wow. great stuff and I got to support them. You know, like I said, you know, I, I can't, it's not about Bronx for Jedi. It's not about Bronx Jedi. It's a network. And this is right. why I decided to call it network, not to, and there's nothing wrong with talking New York Knicks, but not to limit myself right. in one sport. Talk right. about everything, there you all, go. All, a right. combo of it, and talk about all, all that. And we have all different types of folks, you know. You know, I have the right. baseball with I am heel and and Z from the from the you know former former uh, love of the game. He helps me with the watch along with the baseball, and he's part of right. the program. So everyone comes in and has a contribution, a key part. You know, divine right. when, when we do the Yankees baseball and Mets. He's a big Met fan. You know, right. you know. I, let's see if he comes this Sunday. If he's not busy, well, the for Saturday night we're gonna have the boxing watch along. You know, okay. all are welcome to come. We're going to have, if you can't watch the fight or if you're watching the fight and sometimes you just by yourself, you want to talk to somebody, you know, for those who like boxing and, and you're like, damn, who am I going to talk about the Wilder Fury fight? Right. Come on the stream and we'll talk about it here. That's what we do. Wow. You know, that's what that's we all nice. do. That's nice. We love that's doing the watch idea. And then coming soon, when the next games are coming on, I will be having the watch along here. I'm going to be calling on okay. you know, money, sign on. He's going to come with me. We're going to call, you know, we're going to be the world Clyde Frazier and Mike Breen of the, of the, you know, nowhere near them, nowhere near them, no, no, nowhere near them. But, you know, we, we're going to entertain people. Like, you know, it, it may not be people in the United States, but there's people outside of the, of the United States that like watching our program. So if they cannot watch it, we'll give them the watch alone to watch the YouTube, the Internet. So that's the right. reason my, my philosophy going on that area. 
But I thank you guys for supporting. Thank you for coming on to the program. Of course. Of I course. really appreciate it. The doors are always open. Don't feel, you know, come on. You know, uh, you, you got my number. I'll send it yes, to you. Yes, I got it. You me. I'll send it to you on the phone or in, okay. in, in social media platform. You want to come on anytime. I have to make a Monday. Stephanie, I'm not I'm avoiding you is that I, I got I had the, so much. Oh, I know. And I, I know. definitely want to go on because one of my yeah. things that I got on this platform was I wanted to be on the NBK. That was like a a, 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 a wow to be on. And I couldn't get on for, for, you know, I had the membership. I couldn't get on with Zoom and forth. But if I'm on your program, it'll be like, wow. I'm, I, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm going to make it to the big leagues. Kind of. I got <laughs> oh, <out>. you kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Just, well, you have the number in whichever um, Monday you want that you, you know, don't feel pressured because I know once the season starts, everybody is trying to create content for their own channel. It's really hard to pop on. So I definitely get it. But um, any Monday, 8 p.m., just, you know, no, text me and let I, me know. I definitely, definitely want to come. I do want to bless your program. I want to go on. Right. Definitely. Now there's no baseball. Even, you know, this back and hold off on the basketball. There's so, there's so much to eat and so much content. You know, I just think I wanted to be something different. And that's all I want right. to be, something different from everyone right. else. And, and, you know, this is what's phenomenal. This is something that I, I, I'm thinking about. And today was something different. And this is what I strive for. You know, different, yeah. you know, five, five, five people on the panel. Four right, people right. in the panel. You know, I had the six man with G Money coming off the bench. Then I had right, you right. six man off the bench. <laughs> right. you know, G Money was here today. G Money was here. G Money was here. Oh, I missed him. And salute to Brandon. Brandon, salute one of my guys there from baseball and loves the Knicks well. He's going to be. Yeah, he supports the Jedi. Um, salute and so and nice. appreciate you, uh, Brandon. Um, yesterday he was phenomenal with the super chats. I want to thank you again. Phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it, it meant a lot. And, 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 you know, everyone here, I appreciate each and every one of you. I know we divine is yeah. coming on soon. So let's all over yeah. the big real talk, you know, and yeah. give them the thumbs up. I, I I don't see my, 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 uh, the stream to get in, but he'll send it. He'll, you know, if not, I'll just, you know, relax a little bit today, but I yeah, want to put it in everyone. the chat for sure as well. Right. No problem. Yeah. No problem. So to everyone, this is the bronze Force Jedi saying, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Many blessings for blessing the program. This is first of many and the many watch alongs that we're going to have. And, you know, that Washington game, can't wait for Saturday. Let's see what the Knicks bring. And you know what? I, I, like, you like you know, KJ, you were thinking about me, though, this morning when you said, may the Knicks be with you. Be from the <laughs> Jedi. May the Knicks be with you guys. And this salute. is a salute. Bronx Force Jedi saying, have a good night. And, of course, yeah. and now return of the Knicks game program is coming to a conclusion. Have a good night, guys. All right. Sure, sir. Uh -huh.